So I want to remind everyone to go to HankStrange.com, sign up for the email list there. Um, Lola is uh, diligently working on putting out an email list, I think, today, so we'll have that out. And um, as, as well, as you can look around the sites and see all the different ways to support us, you can see all the different links, all the different channels we're on, all the different differences of everything <laughs> of everything that we do. So uh, make sure you guys check out HankStrange.com, number one place to go to, and the number one way that we're going to able to be able to keep up with you guys. Also, check out Harry's Holsters. Big thanks to them for sponsoring the show. Um, you could save yourself 10% on your Kydex holsters when you go to Harry's Holsters if you use the code HankStrange, as well as check out uh, U.S. Law Shield. Um, they, uh, they have, you can save yourself some money when you sign up for U.S. Law Shield for a yearly membership as well as sending some shekels in our direction. So we appreciate all of that. There's a link in the chat already for that, or you can find it on HankStrange.com or you can hit me or Lola up and we will get that, um, off to you guys. All right. So let me, uh, kick off the beginning. Actually, let me put everyone in. We've got... Here we go. We've got Chris. We got Joanna. We got myself. Let's get this started right now. Welcome back to the Hank All right, guys. Stream make situation. sure you smash those lifestyles. Subscribe buttons. Smash the thumbs. Ring the bell so you can be notified when we go live. There goes the bell. There you go. The bell of freedom is ringing. We are live. We are live. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. Um. Let's get the jazz hands going. We got to get that going. Let's go. Jazz hands. All right. There you go. Jazz hands going. Um, this is episode 798 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Our guest tonight is supposed to be Tactical Tangerine. She might be coming in late. We'll see what happens with that. Um, definitely, we have uh, the beautiful Latina Locked and Loaded. Look at that. You are looking awesome. Thank you. Uh, uh, and also the very gorgeous, I'm going to go to a different <laughs> word, gorgeous man, Chris Lyles of South Carolina. Oh, look at that. See, he knows he's gorgeous. Yeah. Lovely locks. <laughs> There's nothing more beautiful oh. than when you know you're beautiful. <laughs> uh, joining us it's today. It's the beard that makes me beautiful. <laughs> yes. Um, welcome, you guys, to the show. How's everyone doing? How's everyone feeling? Good. Good. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Um, the last time I saw you all together was at uh, Train and Learn, right? Train and Learn? Yes. yes it was. That was yeah. uh, the night of the bonfire. Bonfire. We're all just, yeah, that was a great and night. The aliens. Yeah. The aliens, aliens. that's right. That was, uh, what was that, that, that uh, satellite Starlink. thing? St yeah, Starlink. Starlink. Yeah. Um, yes, that was Starlink was dumping out satellites. That's what we saw in the sky. Yeah, that was that was wild. I, I've I've seen it on video, but never in person. So yeah, you with your own naked crazy. eyes, you got to see a Starlink rocket pooping out satellites. Right. Yeah. Because that's what we saw up there. Uh, later yeah. on, I'm not gonna I lie. It. When I first looked up, I really was like, "Wow, that's a really symmetrical and organized." Uh, what do you call those? Um, those Comets. Yeah, I was like, I've never seen anything that perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, honey, that's a satellite. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. No, that was that was definitely crazy for sure. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, that was a cool night. It was good seeing you guys. Lola and I were on a probably, you know, tail end of a very long trip. So it was good seeing all the gun folks out there. I got to address yeah, L.B. Lewis. I didn't realize you were coming out, man. That was good to see you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was there, but you barely saw him. I saw him for like a second. We just dropped in. There was in. just so many. 
Yeah, there was so many people there. It was just, just too many people, too many things going on, too many conversations. It was a great night. Yeah. Uh, LV Lewis Cipher in the chat says that Chris looks like Santa. He mm-hmm. is, in fact, Santa. He is the ta- the tactical Santa. Yeah, yeah, I have been deemed tactical Santa. There you go. He does look a lot like Santa. And it, you know, it's, it's, I was actually up at uh, Pete's place yesterday setting up uh, – Sitting down, designing a case and everything that we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Gonna incorporate the my logo, and then we're gonna incorporate the tactical Santa stuff into it. Oh, okay. So you've so got Carolina mm-hmm. custom foam. Yep, Carolina custom don't know foam. Pete. Yeah, he was on the show last week, I think. Yep, yep. I sat yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, him and uh, Michael. Yeah. At this point, we've had a lot of people from uh, <laughs> from that event on the show, <laughs> so. Uh, which is a good thing. We've had we've had Kevin, we've had you guys, we had Pete, we had Michael Waller was on last week also with Pete. Um, I'm trying to think. There's been some other people that have. Uh, Alicia, Devin. Yeah, Devin, Devin. Um, yeah, uh, what was it? Boomstick Babe. Boomstick mm-hmm. Babe was on. So yeah. Alicia. 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 Yes, she was on. She, she was. That was she, fun. She's a ball of fire. I met her at uh, one of Kevin's classes before Train and Learn. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I met her um, last year sometime when there was a libertarian thing here in Florida. Right? Yeah, that was actually her. I think that was her first foray into, I guess you could call it activism. Uh, mm-hmm. she's, she's friends with uh, Edgar out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So he had suggested her for the panel because she mm-hmm. had just started wanting to get into activism and doing something more on a, on a platform. So that was actually her very first foray, and that's when she became the Boop and Stick Babe. So you got to witness the inception of that wonder. <laughs> Wait, she became the Boomstick Babe in Florida, that thing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was, oh, that okay. was the beginning. Oh, okay. We all have cool origin stories. Oh, right. oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tactical Santa, he was, you know, it was it was a, a snowy December 30, wait, December 21st, 25th, I don't know when Christmas is. Actually, actually, it was a hot day at the first train and learn. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. It was extremely hot. That's why I was, I know a lot of y'all were freezing there this year, but I was so glad that the weather was what it was mm-hmm. that first day. Mm-hmm. At that first day, mm-hmm. I was dying. Um it was actually a little bit better on the second day when you guys showed up, Hank, even though it was at night. But it was so cold. I had, I think it was your jacket, Chris, that you um, basically let me because I was, I was so cold. I was like vibrating from the chills and I was like, had a scarf and thing all around me. So, yeah. It's, it's too bad you didn't have like a lightsaber because you could have just um, cut open Tony Simon and. <laughs> yeah it was a lot of people were cold but for me that's that's mm-hmm. my kind of weather right there i was loving every minute of it but yeah i know a lot of people were mm-hmm. really cold that day yeah let me get this super chat up here money 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 from uh, toxic patch company shout out to toxic patch company he uh he makes patches i don't know if you have a tactical santa patch but maybe you can uh, uh, link up with Toxic Patch Company and get some uh, 
get some of those. He makes some really cool patches, some geek-inspired stuff, stuff with donuts. I love his stuff. Yeah, he says, finally a beard who beats mine on this show. So <laughs> We haven't had to- Toxic Patch Company on yet, So we, but we need to. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's one thing. Pete's working on a logo for me for the Tactical Santa thing, because I think I'm going to try to start maybe using my Patreon to incorporate that with everything. So mm-hmm. he's working on a logo for me, so... Definitely patches. See some T-shirts in the future. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You got to get all. You got to get up on that, man. You know, uh, Christmas is gonna roll around real fast here. You know, I you got to get Christmas it's, cards made. You know, with Tactical Santa. Uh, I'm making my. Already, I'm already making my list. Yeah. I'm already making you know, my list. Let me give you guys a free idea. Get all the big dudes. Um. You know, all the big dudes out there, and do your calendar. Uh, sexy big dudes. You know, it's it's funny you mention that. There's a a lady here that I've done some veteran stuff with that's mm-hmm. going to be doing a mail calendar, and she asked mm-hmm. me to be December when she found out my nickname mm-hmm. was Tactical Santa Claus. So, oh, so you're going to be? We'll oh, see. so you're already there? You're already there? Yeah, where 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 is in the works, you, man? I don't know are you when. Get, are you getting a, like a little red gonna, speed, a little red speedo? Little red speedo. <laughs> Hey, there's no shame in my game now. I mean, yeah. hey, well, I'll throw a speedo on if I got to throw a speedo on. Little red, all you need is a little red speedo and a little red hat, a little Santa hat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep. You know. Yeah, I think she's gonna uh-huh. try to put it together and have a calendar for next year. So, uh-huh. I'll, I'll I'll keep you updated on it. Yeah. Um, a toxic patch company says ho ho hos and two two threes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and shout out to Shooting Gallery NE. I see he's out there also. Um, Kathleen Music Lover says, sexy big dude calendars. Yeah, come on. Uh, Joanna, um, I don't know what your preferences are in dudes. You know, obviously, we know Rolando is a pretty felt looking, uh, deep voiced, you know, uh, Puerto Rican type dude. But would you buy a big sexy dude calendar? This is the if you your answer here is very important of whether or not this becomes a reality. Well, I'll say that um, one of my favorite T-shirts is my Tony Simon bubble bath T-shirt. Oh, so I think I that's, <laughs> that explains my my oh, okay, my life so, in, in. So it's on then. It's on. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> better be on. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I Tony, was, Tony, something else with that sh- that that picture. Yeah, someone brought that up yesterday, which so they were like, "Oh, you never saw this," and I I couldn't. I was like, "No, I've never seen it." And then when we they actually sent me a link to the picture, which I probably have because I think it was uh, Flying Rich that sent me that. I was like, "Yo, uh, yes, I have seen this, but this is not what I was picturing. We need to actually see Tony Simon in a tub." You know, I don't think that was enough. I have to I look. Think. I have, I have the. Uh, you're right. It's only from like here and up. Yeah, it, it's a very, yeah, it's a very it's PG. Like yeah, here it goes right now. Let's see. Yeah, there he goes. That's not enough. Yep. That's not enough. That's just but Tony Simon about, and some soap bubbles. Ab- yeah, but look at that face. It's all about the, the look in his eyes. He's looking at you. No, we need to see more than that. We need to see more than that. Okay. The version two needs to be a little bit more. <laughs> if that's possible, let's see some more. I'm just saying. Take maybe the maybe, maybe the legs kind of cross sitting up out of the tub a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Edge of the South says, I've run into some chubby chasing ladies before. <laughs> John Crump is not for it. John oh, Crump wait, doesn't... What did he say? What did, what he Crump says, I don't need to see Tony Simon in a tub. Yes, John, you do. John, don't be like that. <laughs> yes, you do. The world needs Tony Stop in a tub. Stop hating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I, listen, you got to take it to the next level. Everything has to go to the next level. So, um, okay, that's cool. Let's see. Uh, there you go. Santee TV said, I agree. We need to see uh, more. We need to see more. Boom. There you go. You what a, what a, wait, what's the one? What's those pictures called? It's not like nude pictures, but there's, God, there's some wording for it. Um, oh, the ones that women always take? Like, yeah. Uh, beauty yeah, shots. Or um, Dwa or something like that. Uh, yeah. Boudoir. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, so, yeah, yeah, something like that. It's, I know yeah, this pin up, pin up, pin up, yeah. pin up yeah. stuff. Some male. Chris, some are male you saying that you you want to get into a corset? Hey, I mean, I've done weirder <laughs> things in my life. <laughs> 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 I've, yeah. I've lived a I've lived a, a very <laughs> wild lifestyle. Yeah, so if it moves the I, mission forward. <laughs> if, if that's what I've got to do, I mean, that's what I've got to do. Yeah. Edge of the South says soft core. <laughs> yes. And Toxic Patch Company has a good, he says, Tactical Santa and John Crumpus. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> now that oh, sounds boy. like a sitcom right yeah. there. Is Crump, is Crump, a, uh, is Crump a, a Grinch? I don't know. Is he a Grinch? I don't know. Krampus? I won't lie. Uh, hey, that's no, that I'm, that evil Santa I'm not lie. When it comes monster. To, when it yeah. comes to Christmas, I can be a little bit of a Scrooge. You can? Oh. Yeah, I know Krampus with a K is the, is that evil Santa. Did you ever see that movie? No, oh, that I don't like scary scary movies. Oh, you don't like scary it's, stuff? That's not that scary. It's not really. It's not. I, I'll be honest. To me, it's a little more comical than it is scary. Yeah, it's more in the comedy category. It's like a dark comedy. It's not really that bad. I mean, you, you're you're a fan of BTS or whatever those uh, Korean K-pop bands are. They're scarier. <laughs> those dudes scare me. <laughs> yeah, you know. uh, their latest song was a uh, not uh, that great. So they actually it's their first time that they they made a flop. So my heart's broken for that. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's, that's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Jojo, you poor German baby. Tradition. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Krumpus is a German tradition. I guess, like, if you're bad, they uh, Krumpus comes and kills you or something like that, slaughters you. They scare the crap out of the kids. So I didn't realize that. I just kind of thought that was a movie some writer, somebody wrote, and they turned it into a movie. I'm going to have to dig yeah. into that. That's I, think, I think American marketers or marketeers, or however we want to call them, um, they took, I'm not, Santa Claus has always been around, but here in America, they took that and bumped that up to a whole other level, you know, oh, just to sell stuff here. Isn't, uh, oh, yeah. isn't all of that rooted in, in different traditions of, 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 and in different religions and paganism and all that stuff? Cause nothing is original. Yeah. But I think yeah, there, Santa Claus has been around uh, in Europe for a long time, but not on the level that America kicked it up to, I don't think. No, because you got that, what, Santa tracker that you can go and do now and shows you yeah. where he's at and everything. And I remember doing that with my daughter. Yeah. 
But even the idea of going to malls and sitting on Santa's lap and all that kind of stuff, I'm pretty sure that's American invention of Santa. Oh, so God, I think Santa existed, the, you know. The business cards that I get around Christmas time when I go walking around the mall, like, hey, you'd be a good Santa. Because mm -hmm. my, da my dad, he used to get them way more than me because his beard was a lot longer and a lot more gray than mine. So mm -hmm. he would get business cards left and right for people wanting him to play Santa Claus during mm -hmm. Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've got to do, I think, during the, so like the whole month of December, at least once a week, you should be putting out a Santa video. That's your assignment after this. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking around the Patreon, except doing it more than just during December. Mm -hmm. um, Pete, Pete and I kicked around a few things. We went up, I went up a while back with uh, him and Jay and Michael when he was taking that case over to Blackwater, and that was something we talked about mm -hmm. on the ride over to meet with Blackwater. Mm -hmm. So there's a... We're going to have some things in the works, so there's mm -hmm. probably going to be something coming out around that that I'm probably going to do a separate channel from the gun school and have a tactical Santa thing going on. Okay, cool. Let me get this in from Jackie April. Money, 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 right. money. Um, Jackie gave us <laughs> five bucks. He says, yo, Hank, get you a tank of gas for the Tesla with this Finsky. There you go. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Five bucks can actually um, charge that Tesla here from my house for, I don't know, probably a month. That's, you know, that's what the electricity costs charging the Tesla here at the house. But I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And... Edge of the South says Coca-Cola made Santa fat. Yeah, I, I believe that. <laughs> you know, um, I think That's America... All in chocolate chip cookies. America changed the shape and everything going on with Santa and lots of things and really took that to another commercial level. Um, you know, so... Now, does he mean that Coca-Cola changed his image or the consumption of Coca-Cola... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty. They they made him more rosy and uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know. I'm not sure what the reasoning was behind it, but yes, remember Coca-Cola used to put out those paintings of Santa. I I don't know how long they've been doing that, but I think it's since the 50s or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was can... uh, an art style, wasn't that like Norman Rockwell and all that? And... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Appalachian Gunrunner says gotta do 12 days of Christmas with Tactical Santa agree with that by the way everyone in here smash the thumbs ups right now come on guys do it smash the thumbs ups let's make it happen um, uh, okay Night Train has a question for Tesla owners let's see question for Tesla owners is it still called a gas pedal on an electric car it's actually <laughs> not called a, a gas pedal for anything it's called an accelerator that's the proper terminology Boom, there you go. You know, Joanna. Oh. You, know, you know, we were talking about likes. I like a nerdy girl. There you go. You know, that's, you know, we need to do I'll be honest. tactical nerd calendar really for the ladies. It. Tactical nerd calendar for the ladies. Joanna's going to be right up there first. Let's find out who the other nerdy uh, chicks are in the gun community. And then uh, we'll make. <laughs> there's got to be. I think there's other nerdy chicks in the gun community. Lola is definitely one. Lola is a nerdy chick um, in the gun community. Rhonda? 
I feel like Rhonda, her intellect level is is. Yeah, I would say yeah. Up there. Yeah. falls into the nerdy category. Uh, you know, okay. So we got three. We <laughs> need nine more. <laughs> uh, Puerto Rican Pistolero said, "Mic drop." <laughs> Shout out to Rolando. <laughs> and Edge of the South says, "I still call it the gas pedal." Yeah, if I was explaining it to someone, I would say the gas pedal. LV Louis Cipher says accelerator or throttle. Um, you know. So, uh, you know, um, I think yeah, either one of those works. Either one of those works. Um, yeah, my daughter's all over the Teslas. She's wanting that for her first car, and I was like, "Yeah, that's not going to happen." Okay, why? Why is that not? Not for her first car. Come on, I'm not spending that kind of money on much. Oh, first car. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. I agree with that. You got to get a hoop D for your first car. Even if you have yeah, money, I feel like if you look at the children of the very rich, uh, <coughs> Hunter Biden. Um, mm-hmm. What happens <laughs> is when these people like spoil their kids they just lack any sense of responsibility or appreciation for money and then they turn into these hooligans mm-hmm. so i respect a, a well-off person who can afford you know to spoil their kids but they still make them work for their money and they're you know they make them do chores they get mm-hmm. you know paid for stuff they don't just get handed mm-hmm. the goods that's pro- and that's that's why she's not watching this right now because she's supposed to be in there doing the chores yeah. there you go yeah, but your first vehicle should definitely be a hoopty, if possible for the parents. Make it a hoopty. But look, if she likes an electric car, there are electric hoopties that you could get that are not expensive. You can get her uh, old school. No, she, car. it's not that she likes electric cars. She just she likes Teslas. Well, she yeah. loves Teslas. So yeah, but that's the thing too. Like so, I remember with my boys when they first were getting were getting old enough to drive cars, I was trying to find out from them what kind of cars they like. Because I wanted them to say, oh, I want a BMW, I want a Mercedes, or whatever. So, Because what I was going to do was take them to the Mercedes dealership and go, see this beautiful Mercedes? You got to work for that. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, I don't I, care. Whatever you guys give us, <laughs> who cares? I remember I kept bugging my parents <laughs> for a new vehicle. Because my first was a 79 Chevy Cheyenne truck that was just beat all to hell and i kept wanting there every year i was like hey wait, wait what year christmas i'm like what 79 79 okay my dad traded in a very nice chevelle chevy cheyenne yep okay mm-hmm. green and white that was mm-hmm. oh god it was just oh just ugly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but hey it got the job done but yeah every year i'd ask for a new car Mm-hmm. So one year that I found, I opened up the gift and there were keys in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like all happy. I'm thinking there's a car out in the driveway. I go and I jerk open the door and there's a little model car sitting in the driveway. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So I'm putting up, here's pictures of a Cheyenne right now. That's not bad. Those are classics now. Those yeah, are tough but it to did, get nowadays. It, be, it did not look that good. <laughs> yeah, but, but you see what I'm saying though. Those oh, yeah. are considered I, I like... Would, those are considered classics these days. If I hadn't erected, I might still have it. I mean, that was a, a yeah. lot. I mean, it was a beater and just ugly paint job, but I, mm-hmm. it, it got the job done. What was your first car, Joanna? It was a strawberry pink Dodge Neon. What year? Dodge <laughs> Neon. 
I gotta think. Nineties. Oh. oh wait. I think that's nineties, right? That's what Neon. Yeah, said. I want to say late, like nineteen ninety-eight or something, or seven. Okay, nineteen ninety. I think that was the popular seven. color too for it back then. Yeah, yes. it was. I've never In seen it. It was like iridescent pink. Was it, was it this? Hold on. Was it this? <laughs> yes, that's it. That's but not bad. In, yeah, no, I wasn't. Oh, I that's a two door. Dog. Was it a two door or four door? It was a. It was a four door. I didn't get the sporty one. Oh. But okay. it was. It to me, it was beautiful because it was strawberry yeah. pink. It was glowed. Yeah, in yeah. The sun. Let's see. Okay, now I gotta find pink. Pink one. Hold on. I didn't. Uh, you know, I didn't figure you'd be pink. You. You know. I was when I was 18. Let's see if I can find the pink. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hold on. Here goes the pink ones. Boom. Did it have this stuff written on it? Uh, Yeah, it had all kinds of... And it had that font, yeah. Neon star? No. It didn't really? say star, but it did have oh. the... That's the That was the neon font that came with it. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Everybody... Yeah. Everybody went crazy with the neon thing and had all kind of different oh, man. little logos and stuff made that I that I remember when people mm -hmm. had neons. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. LB Louis Cypher says Dodge Neons make a decent stock race car. Yeah, they had the uh, what was it, the SRT or something like that? Mm-hmm. My... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, tri they tricked it out. Yeah. Um not that anybody asked or cares, but my first car was a 1985 Honda Prelude. Let me see if I could find. Here we go. Here's a picture. Yeah, this buddy. is exactly what mine looked like, and I bought it myself <laughs> for myself. I had a I had a four door there for a while. Yeah, that was that was my get that was my get around vehicle. Yeah, I I only so to me cars should only be two doors, cars. So if it's like a truck. You know, SUV or something like that it could be four doors, but a car should only have two doors. Four doors is sacrilege on a car. I don't know. Now see, I like now I like the new I like the new Chargers. Oh yeah, I like them in a four. I like those in a four door. I think they look good. Uh, I'll agree with you that cars look better with two doors. I yeah. I had a hankering for a Jeep uh, mm -hmm. a few years back, and I was I wanted the two door Jeep, but it well, seems that's the most capable. Well, for yeah. if you if you're gonna get a Jeep to go off road, that's the most capable one, the two door. Yeah. Um, but so listen, I don't hate four door cars, but I don't think cars should be four door. So the um, the Challenger, the uh, what was it, the what was the one you just said? Because I Charger. had a, the Charger is four door. Yeah, I had a Challenger. Uh, the two door. Yeah, the, version. the Challengers you can only get them in the two door. Yeah, but those look sexier. Right. No, I totally agree. A, a Challenger in a four-door would look god-awful. Yeah. You know, so, um, I don't know, man. Why do we have four-door cars? Why is that? Just get us Because get a we have wagon. kids. You got to put, like, then babies get and stuff in the wagon. back. <laughs> then well, you get no, a station Dodge wagon. The, or a minivan. The Magnum. <laughs> the Magnum? Dodge had that Magnum that you could get. Uh, it had yeah. the Gimme in it and everything. I liked uh, who made. Oh, you know what? Remember Cadillac made a uh, a, a station wagon that was pretty badass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, uh, like station wagons aren't really. The, I think they. So in England they called them estate wagons, and I always like those. But that's people don't like that here in America. I think America is not fond of a station wagon. That's why minivans outsold them for a long time. Um, and then what was the thing? Was it a what was the really ugly? 
like in between um, a station wagon and a minivan thing. You, you guys know what I'm talking about? Every Subaru? <laughs> oh, that's cold. No, there was this thing. I just saw today that uh, I think they came out with a new version of it. Something was trying to tell me that in one of my uh, news feeds. And I was like, why the hell would they make a new I version of that? I keep thinking of that Oldsmobile van that they had back in the day. Mm. They, I think they used it in like the first RoboCop movie because it was supposed to look futuristic. Mm. Yeah. God, what was the name of that thing? Uh, so it see. had that big, deep, long mm. kind of front end to it. Uh, yeah, I would have to see exactly. Okay, lots of... Lots of uh, Edge of the South says, uh, what does he say here? Uh, first of all, Kelly Law says, I have a four-door Jeep Wrangler now, love it. Uh, is that person related to you? That's my wife. Oh, well, okay, then then we're not listening to her. I don't her. claim no, her all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not knocking the four-door Jeeps, but I just like if I was going to get a Jeep, it would probably be the four-door. But if but you know, if you actually want to be capable off-road, the two-door Jeep is the one that's the most capable. Um, In terms of like rolling and, and stability going over things, is the two-door one more stable? So um, your two-door is more compact. compact mm -hmm. So you don't um, you can go over a lot of hills and rocks, and you yeah, don't better, end up getting yeah. Hung it has up on a better angle of approach and stuff like that, I think, um, than the than the four door ones. You know, but the and and the four door ones don't have as much room. Like I when I was actually thinking about getting a four door Jeep, and I wound up getting a Toyota Four Runner instead, because it's just not as much room. You know, a lot. Of, I I feel like those four door jeeps might as well be two doors. They just don't have a lot of there's, room in the there's, back. There's more room than than what I was expecting in it. Really? There's more room than what I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I couldn't sit behind myself. Country in one, and the and mm -hmm. I was in the back. And I didn't have any issues. Oh well, you're a little tiny person, so. That's true. Yeah, I, know that that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You yeah, don't I mean, count. For me, you don't count my your size. <laughs> It was. It's not as bad as what what I thought it was gonna be. Could you get behind yourself, Chris? Oh hell no. Okay then. There's no way I could get behind myself. Yeah. Cause so like when I was looking at that, we were trying to get something for all four of us. Lola is the shortest person in our family. Okay. So okay. we could put Lola in a pocket of one of the doors. <laughs> all right. But the rest of us. <laughs> Like I See, needed my, to make my wife, my wife is short, so when she drives, <laughs> I would ride behind. If I have to ride in the back, I'm riding behind her. Right, exactly. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to. I don't like to uh, sit behind Lola when she's driving. I need to sit next to her because I don't trust her driving that much. So <laughs> I typically drive. I don't trust anyone else. I want to be the person driving when I'm in a car. Has she ever had a car accident? That was uh, her fault. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Uh, for sure, absolutely. I've been driving since I was like 16 or something. But um, so yes, I've had a lot of car accidents and stuff like that. Um, but I just, I don't know. I I don't think Lola takes driving as seriously as I do. I don't I think, think anyone like, takes it as seriously as I do. I think that's a man thing, though, not to be like sexist or whatever. But yeah, I, I uh, 
like Rolando can't help himself. It's like if we're driving somewhere, he doesn't even want to drive. But if, mm-hmm. if he's got to go with me, it's like mm-hmm. automatically he's like, I'm going to drive. Yes. That's where I'm at. I could be. Oh, completely tired. capable. I can drive. No, I have to drive. No. no. I guess wanna... I'm the opposite because I could care less. Oh, really? Um, I have a feeling like Lola's going to try to take me out if she's behind that wheel. <laughs> you know, I'm not leaving my life. The fate of my life in her hands. If she was trying to take you out, she could do it easier than that. She's a pharmacist. Yeah, but I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable. And she's a good driver. I think I've. I think I have upgraded her driving skills over the years. You know, I taught her everything I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, when I met Lola, she she I think she'd driven a couple of times. You know, I remember her telling me one time, her first time driving, she stole her parents' car to go somewhere. Well, you guys, and you guys it. met in New York City, right? Yes. Uh huh. So that's the thing. Like, people don't drive in New York City. I did. I drove oh, in New York City God. every day. Oh, that's why I'm such I've a done good it driver. twice, and I absolutely hate it. Oh, it's amazing. I could do it. I have fast reflexes. No. So. I mean, I've, a, got, I've got the reflex everything, but. My it's not a pleasant experience. Why would you want to? Yeah, but I did that every day. Yeah, to I, me, it's nothing. It's like the Matrix. You could see when I first met Lola, we were driving in New York City, like down one of the um, the avenues that has like four four lanes or something like that, and there's cabs pulling in front of you and all that. And I was driving for a while, and I looked over, and Lola was like, "What is happening?" And I was like, "What's up?" She was like, "How can you even see what these cars are doing? You get used to it. You know, you can you slow everything down." He's, he's your Neo. You could like just look down yeah. the street and then like yeah. see what it's, the car is going to do. It's bullet time. It's bullet time. I see everything. I can see things. Uh, I've always been like that. I can see things slower than they're really happening. And you have no problem driving in Miami. I uh, I commuted down to school um, mm-hmm. for four years from Broward. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it's it, every day was like the Hunger Games. They like, try not to get like <laughs> turn signals. Like, what is that? Nobody uses turn signals. Like you're lucky if someone has uh, insurance or a license mm-hmm. in in South Florida. So it's usually people just like random people, never driven before. Yeah, third world never country. Never talked about. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. The first time I went into New York City, I, we were up in New Hampshire at old service buddy. We went up to visit, and I asked mm-hmm. him. I was like. What do I need to know about driving in New York City? He said, forget your turn signal, blow your horn, and just change lanes. Yeah. And I thought he was just messing with me. And then we actually got down in the city, and I'm like, holy shit, he was serious. Yeah. Well, so I could say this. From driving, from growing up, like, driving in New York City, it's patterns. New York City, well, everything in life is a pattern, actually. We all follow patterns, even as human beings. Just like when we look at nature stuff about fish and they're all following a pattern and doing stuff. So I think human beings do that same thing. And if you're like, I can, you can literally predict what people are going to do. So even driving here, I'm like, okay, if we're going, if we're going over here, we don't want to be in the right lane because people are going to be turning in this right lane. You know, so if you know you're going past that, you're in the middle lane. You, You know, there's like, I think about things before I get there. It's almost like playing chess if you're driving. So you need to be predictive of what's going to happen. I know that sounds like BS, but Mm -hmm. there actually has been like mathematics of like the study of mathematics, the the mathematics of traffic. So Mm -hmm. this is I I know people. This sounds like Hank's just 
talking out of his booty, but mm-hmm. that's a real thing. Maybe yeah, not I, the predicting like what that car ahead of you is going to do, but definitely there oh, is. Oh, I a, always know what they're going to do. Whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, first of all, my booty is not that big. I got a pretty flat booty. <laughs> okay. So, you know, this is true. This is how you do it. You predict. It's the same thing in a fight. You're predicting what that person. It's the same thing in anything in life. You're you're gaming everything. What is this person going to do? Right. You're looking at them. What are they going to do? They're looking at you as well. Like, are you prepared? Are you ready? Are you ready for something? You know, people, uh, predators are looking for the weak. Right. So yeah. I think it's all that kind of stuff. Um, it's the same thing. Uh, driving is the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, um, places like Florida, people can't drive. That's what's probably going on with you, Joanna. You probably can't drive that good. I'm an excellent driver. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's I'm the just... first sign of a terrible driver. <laughs> they admit that they think that they're uh, an excellent driver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, D stands uh, says you think tactically, Hank. I do the same. Yeah, you have to pred- like anything you're doing. You have to predict what's going to happen when you when you get to that point. When you get to this, you're looking ahead. When I get there, what's going to happen when I get there? What's going to happen? T- what's that car in front of me going to do when we get there, etc. You know. So. Well, I think that also comes from the fact that we're. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to call it, like weapons minded people, or at least mm-hmm. like we're, you know, turned on to that. It's not mm-hmm. just about the weapon. It's about survive. I guess more like a survival thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think most of the people in this community, it's just become second nature. When you walk into a room, you scope it out, you scope out body language, you scope out exits. It's like, you don't realize that the, the average person who's not into this stuff doesn't do that. And then that starts translating to other things. You start thinking more strategically mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. I think in life you can divide people into two categories, the accidental and the deliberate. Okay. And, and I believe that most human beings are accidental. I, I think we all fall into two, the two different categories depending on what's going on. Um, but most people are just completely accidental. Everything that's happening to them is not their fault. Someone else did it. They didn't expect it. They're not prepared for it. You got to save them <laughs> once they get there. You know. And then there's very deliberate people in lots of different ways. So I think you're right in terms of us here um, in the gun community, even if you're not a person that trains all the time, like what Chris does is all about training. But even if you're not that guy that trains all the time, you're somewhere in the category of being prepared for what happens. And when you get there, you have some kind of plan of when things go bad, what are you going to do? You know, you're the person, you've got some extra food, you're putting money aside, right? You're, you don't live in the city because you don't want to be, something goes down and you're stuck there. You know, there's, there's a, there's a bunch of different things, um, that we do. We're gaming politics. We're, we're gaming everything before it happens. And that's the survivor mentality versus like the dodo mentality that you just walk over the cliff. You don't even look and see that there's an edge there. You just walk right over and whatever happened to you is, is an accidental thing. No, I, I definitely can agree with you on that. Um, I know that was a hard thing for my wife when we first started dating like we'd go somewhere and she'd go to sit down and i'd be like uh you're gonna have to move it i gotta sit right there because i i can't see it with my back to the door right i just i i cannot do it and that was a hard thing for her to get used to and understand when, when mm-hmm. we went out 
I had to, I had to sit where my I could see majority of the doors. Mm-hmm. It just like even now, like when I go out with people, I want if if my back is to the door, I want to make sure who sees the door has a gun. Mm-hmm. At least somebody there with me with a gun can see the door and see what's going on. But it's just it's a hard thing for for me to do going anywhere. It's just sitting with my back to the door or if I'm in a crowd, I've got to work to the edge or something to where my back is to something where nobody can get in there behind me. How do you feel about uh, open carrying a a firearm? Do you feel like that (laughs) is a positive in terms of of being ready or is it make you a mark? I think it's too predictive, but I'd like to hear what Chris thinks about it. I, I don't like, I don't really like saying I don't like open carry because I believe in freedom. I believe in the second amendment. It should be your choice whether you want to conceal or open. I like to have the element of surprise. I don't want anybody to know I've got a gun on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but now there are some people that feel if they if somebody comes up and sees me with a gun, then that's probably going to deter them from coming in and doing something, which I, truthfully, I feel that's 50 50. Mm-hmm. I think you have a 50 50 chance on that. Some are going to just walk away and then some are going to go ahead and they're determined on what they want to do. And now they realize you've got a gun. I'm going to go ahead and take you out first. Mm-hmm. So I actually uh, I'm, I'm conflicted as well because I feel the same way. It's like one, you can deter someone, but also I feel like they would take you out first. But from a concealment perspective, like um well, Tangi was uh, might be coming on, but she's really into like mm-hmm. showing how to dress uh, as a female um, and be able to conceal. Like she, mm-hmm. I don't know how how people felt about her. She put a, a gun under her hat. She was wearing this cat suit the other day, and I'm like, mm-hmm. every day I like scroll through Tangi's like <laughs> IG <laughs> to see like what oh, she's really? doing today. <laughs> so she was Let wearing this out. like skin tight cat suit, and I'm like, mm-hmm. so where's the gun today? And I like I started laughing because she had that under her hat, so she always mm-hmm. finds a way. But um, but no, for real, it's a struggle as a woman. So, I mean, yeah. I sometimes fantasize about a a society, a community of people where it was just super normalized, like back in like the old west, where it would just be there, like on your hip, on a on a on a shoulder harness, and just like not have to worry about trying to hide it because it's like a pain in the butt. Yeah. So no, I, no, was I, it? I know, especially for. For women, because that's what I get a lot of questions about when I get women coming in is mm-hmm. how do I conceal this? Because mm-hmm. I tell women all the time, do not do not conceal it in your purse, because that's for most criminals. They're looking for a quick snap and snag and grab it and go. So that's that's one thing that they're that way they can grab it, rip the straps and take off. And they've got pretty much everything and now if your gun's in now they've got your gun um yeah. i i tell a lot just of people throw about her, uh, which one of these things does she have that it under her hat you know the I'm one where looking. she's wearing i think it's the the one in the middle with with her purple curls yeah the one right here like this? one two three yeah that one see skin tight cat suit okay 
Yeah. Um, okay. I'll let it. It's it's taking some time to load. So but, so was it securely under a hat? I'm sorry, Chris. Was it secure under that? No, you're good. I it uh, it I actually wasn't. It so. Oh. Uh, but she's like, I wouldn't be able to do that. I tell her, I was like, that's. She, but she commented. I mean, she she said in her video, she's like, don't do this. I know what I'm doing, but you don't do this. She's like, she's uh, she's pretty good with carrying stuff on her head. I would not be able to pull that off because I've got an egg head and that would fall off in two seconds. But mm-hmm. she was, I mean, she's moving around and mm-hmm. it's not falling. And mm-hmm. she's going to come up with an idea for a hat holster, <laughs> I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, this is not, it's not practical um, if you're actually doing everyday life. But I guess it's funny. It's yeah. cool on a video. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that, Chris? Sorry. And I know I interrupted you. Forgive me for that. No, no, you're fine, man. The, mm-hmm. I mean, she's providing options. Is it the best option? Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> if you can get away with it, like some people can, like walk and carry stuff on their heads, and you know, two, she's kind of got the hair to kind of work with and make it where mm-hmm. it would still look stylish, and she could actually carry a gun up there. So yeah, I think if, if you it can was make it work and you're safe, I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking she she's on to an idea here. Like she could possibly make the hat holster, a line of hats that have a holster inside of them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because yeah. the big thing I've always heard from women are, or the ask me that what women ask me are the bra holsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. One and of those. you know, I'm kind of like, well, that's not really something I can try out and tell you if it's going to work or not, but. I mean, no, I tell, what I tell him is, I, I'm mean, like, I think we could both probably about. rock a, a man's ear if we wanted to, Chris. But go ahead. <laughs> no, <yeah>. But <laughs> I tell him, I'm like, this is what you got to think about. If you've got a gun on the side of your chest somewhere, mm-hmm. you've either got to go way up in your shirt to draw that gun out, or you got to go way down in your shirt from this way. And mm-hmm. to me, there's well, I would, the it's the it's the flashbang holster, the one that yeah. people that I, mean, I don't know if there's anything else out there, but that's the uh, one that I that's pretty famous. Yeah, Lola um, and I actually have a video on this where Lola's trying those out. How did she feel about it? Um, she liked it to an extent. I mean, I think it's for certain guns. You, it's not really for every gun, although they try to say you can use it a whole bunch of different guns. Um, and I think you want to be careful, right? Because if it is here and you're just, it's, it's quick enough, just the way you would, like a guy would get his, uh, shirt out of the way. You can rip your shirt up this way and pull something down. But what's important is, um, like what kind of, uh, trigger do you have on that gun? Because if you... If you do the wrong thing, you're blowing your own head off, right? And this is what we always want to think about things. So I think it would be what gun and what does that gun need to be ready? So there's uh, there are guns that you have to cock them back and pull the trigger, etc. And you've got to train for what, what you're doing. There's some that guns kind of that stuff. don't have the... Uh, what's that little... The, 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 the trigger that has the, the double blade? Safety. Majority yeah. of them, yeah. Uh, I think... What is it like? Do some SIGs don't have that, right? Um, you got that Sig P938, and I absolutely hate that gun. Yeah, because it's built off the 1911 platform, and it's one of those where, because it's something we're having to go over now with our new with the new changes in the laws here in South Carolina, where you mm-hmm. carry what they call cocked and locked. Mm-hmm. So you've got the hammer back, but the safety on. Mm-hmm. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, I have people that come in with that gun and they're like, how do I need to carry it? And, you know, I, I show them both ways of how to carry it mm-hmm. like that cocked and locked hammer back safety on or safety off hammer forward. But what I'm trying to teach them is you're either going to practice drawing and flipping the safety off or drawing mm-hmm. and pulling the hammer. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's a good gun. I, I don't have anything against the gun. Mm-hmm. Just for concealed carry, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it at all. But two, I am I kind of contradict myself because I tell people, look, you get what gun you want, you carry what you want. Don't let anybody else tell you different. Mm-hmm. But whatever gun you get, you've got to make sure you train drawing it from however you're going to carry it and seeing what's going to be the better option for you. Because mm-hmm. that, you know, that brings up the whole debate about carrying with a round in the chamber. You know, I tell people all the time, if you're getting a gun and you're going to carry it for personal protection, you need to have a round in the chamber. And I even did a video on the YouTube page to show the time difference between me just drawing and firing a shot and then drawing, racking the round in and firing a shot. Wait, did you do this video after after the um, I don't know if you guys saw that Detroit Urban Threat Solutions or whatever that guy's called the jokester. You know what I'm talking about? I've. Yeah, I know. You, yeah, this was long before that. This was long before that. So you know, I, 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 uh, I felt like um, the sad thing is this guy's actually serious. Um, but if you want to have a good laugh, find his uh, IG and just scroll through. You know the one. Oh, the yeah, one that I made me feel like I lost my IQ like several points was the one where he had his gun holstered in the small of his back with his hands up. And then was trying to compare the timing of a guy pointing the gun at him. And he's like, you're going to see that I'm going to I'm going to actually fire before him. So he was saying that he was so fast that he could get reach around to the small of his back, pull the gun, bring it forward and shoot before the guy who had the gun out in front of him. Yeah, for and sure. If it's in the script. <laughs> right. <laughs> if it's in the right. script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's. If if, no, uh, if it's not written in the script and you don't know it's going to happen, I'm not right. saying the people aren't fast. I mean, this. I think the whole idea of the, look, there's so many places we could go here, but the idea of people, um, for, you should practice being quick and and accurate doing whatever you're doing, but doing everything for speed. I don't know. That's you know, there's so many things that go wrong in that. It might look good in competition or in videos and stuff like that. But it's definitely not for everyone. And I saw Kathleen Music Lover says, I hate when people tell me what to do. You do what you want to. It's your own, you know, it's your own life you take, you're putting at risk. Or in in cases, you're putting other people's lives at risk. But but be, you know, have a plan of how and what you're going to do and how you're going to carry, me, I don't, et cetera. I don't ever tell people what to do. I just make recommendations on how they could probably be a little bit better at it. Mm-hmm. And then you take it how you want to take it. If you want to use it, use it. If you don't want to use it, don't use it. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I've gone to some training classes where they're like, this is how you're going to do it while you're in my class. And, you know, hey, that's that's their class. They're running it. I'll do it that way. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't work for me, I'm not going to continue to practice it. Mm-hmm. For me, I like to show people the different ways to do things. And then as we're training, 
all right, try it this way. Now you need to try it this way. Now try it this way. And then from there, let them find what works for them. And as we move forward deeper into the training, you stick with what works for you. Mm-hmm. But don't get in there and start going, well, let me try it this way now. You know, mm-hmm. find what you like and stick with it. When you start mm-hmm. changing all that stuff around, that's when you start losing speed and accuracy and even sometimes safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I just saw, uh, I think it was Toxic Patch Company in the chat mentioned uh, the small of back carry being boomer carry. Mm-hmm. So I recently, well, you know, we all have like a, a million holsters. So mm-hmm. I always, uh, I'm looking for where I have the most real estate. So I actually am, don't have too much real estate in the front, like the appendix area. But I, I mean, I usually carry there. It's where I usually have most of my holsters. But then I started thinking like, not small of a back, but like more like a four or five o'clock. Cause mm-hmm. I always like tuck my phone back there. I was like, well, what if I get like a holster back there? So I just, um, I recently picked up a South gear Venticore, I think it's called. And I, I was going to try it out and like, kind of like cant it more to like four or five o'clock and see it mm-hmm. if it worked for me there. Um, but I immediately saw that everybody hates that idea. Like, oh, it's too hard to get to. You're going to fall and hurt your back. I'm like, I feel like you, no matter what you, you pick or what you do, someone's going to have an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. But what if that's the only place that like a certain gun will fit? Because I have, like, unless I start wearing significantly like bigger clothes. And even then I, I don't think I could carry a full size gun. I'm always going to have to carry a compact. So I was considering trying that location for a mm-hmm. bigger gun. So, yeah. but I, so, go ahead, I don't have a problem with four or five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Past five o'clock is where you can start. If you fall, like I've seen where people have actually fallen on their guns and ruptured disc, even bo- mm-hmm. broken vertebrae and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't, between four or five o'clock, I'm all right with past that gets a little, little iffy because two if you're fighting with somebody and you end up on the ground and you're carrying it say a five six o'clock now you're on the ground and you've got somebody on top of you and now you're laying on your gun so Mm -hmm. that's again it's like she said it's an opinion yeah and you know what they say about opinions they're like assholes everybody is one so (laughs) i mean you you carry how you want to carry what feels comfortable to you. I mean, but that's what, and that's one thing about this industry is it's kind of like martial arts. Everybody's got their own opinion. Everybody's got their own philosophy. Mm-hmm. I just try to give people the options and let them find what works for them. Yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. I think that um, we are all different people. So we're going to carry different guns at different times. Like one person can carry different guns, different times, different ways. Um, What's your holster? What's your options here? Are you, you know, um, do you have a whole rig set up for this? Or are you in your sweats? Are you in shorts? You know, do you have a shirt on or over a T-shirt? Like, what are you doing? You know, are you a man? Are you a woman? You got a big booty, small booty. You know, big boobies, little booties. Tiny tetas. You know, can't really conceal. It's like whatever it is that works for you. Some people, the only thing that's going to work for them is off body in a purse. It's not going to be optimal, but it's better than nothing. You know, and oh, yeah, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm totally something is better than nothing. 
Yeah. But ultimately, it's like you need to get into it and you need to start thinking about what kind of scenarios are you in. And really, here's the big thing. What are you in most often? So I think I'm a lot like Joanna in that I prefer like three o'clock. I don't often do. I guess like right now I'm carrying at kind of like three, four ish. Right. Because that's what feels comfortable, depending on what it is. Um, um, what holster I'm using. But, you know, and it, even it depends like how am I getting, what car am I getting into? What, what activity am I getting up to? You know, there's a, if, if you feel uncomfortable doing something, like I see there's lots of people that carry, but when they get in their car, they take that gun off of them because where they're carrying it, they are not comfortable with. This is why some people I think appendix carry because when they sit down, they feel comfortable with that. Some people don't appendix carry because when they sit down, they don't feel comfortable with that. You know, there's so many different options here that you just really have to figure. If you got to put it on your head, the only thing I would say is secure it. That's my thing. Secure it. I'm you don't telling want that you, she needs to out. come out with that hat holster. That's going to be a big thing. Yeah. yeah. That would, that is, yeah, especially, you know, for women, because I know a lot of women don't like the pants, the belt, and the holster. You know, and usually, have you looked at some of uh, Danae Adams stuff? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Yeah, know. but uh, that's the uh, they have like the corsets and the shorts and stuff like that. I think the yeah. big one of the big things is like South Florida. It's like brutal hot, like year round. I, I, I yeah, it's like a hundred degrees like every day, three sixty five most of the time. Mm-hmm. But um, so I got I have like uh, a few belly bands and a corset. I'm gonna tell you exactly how many times I've worn it. Um, maybe once or twice because it's just like you're just gonna sweat all over it. It's disgusting. So I mean, is it the best? Like I think it's like oh, it's awesome, but it's just it's not feasible. And that's also like why so many people down here, even though we all can agree that a bigger cal, like a nine millimeter, is gonna be a, a better gun. Like I have a P365 that I'm now carrying. Um, that is now my my first choice of EDC. But before that. I was always, even though I had other compact nine millimeters, I would always be carrying my 380 uh, Ruger, um, the LCP2. And a lot of people would turn their nose up, oh, it's a snappy gun, you're not gonna be accurate. I'm like, I go to the range and I practice and I'm good with it. So, you know, can I put that in a holster and if you have a cargo pocket, will it fit in there? Yeah, it's amazing. So. It's like shorts life, you know, like that's the most common gun in South Florida. If you did a survey, I would say most common gun in South Florida. Is what, P365? No, I would say uh, uh, a 380 Oh, like a, P, like a P380? Yeah, something tiny. Okay. No, obviously, oh, it's not going to be. Yeah, the Keltec is the P380, T, uh, P380. And what uh, Ruger has? Uh, what's Ruger's? Ruger's something. Uh, the Ruger LCP LCP two. They just yeah. came out with a new one too. Yeah, I think LCP two. Lots of people like to pocket carry here in Florida. Um, they don't really believe yeah, in holsters so much. Now with that P three sixty five and the Hellcat, I mean, and then what the M and P plus? You can pretty much pocket carry a nine millimeter now. Yeah. It's still, I have both of them and I, I like put them side by side and I'm like, I, I think that the 365 is really small, but I still think that, that you can't beat that 380 compact size. Like it's tiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's going to be, 
hard to beat that because I mean, my wife she carried a Glock 42 for the longest time, and I was finally like, we've got to, we got to get you in something with more rounds. Mm-hmm. And I let her. I had the Hellcat. Let her shoot the Hellcat. She didn't like it. And Sonya had the 365, and she shot it and liked it. So that's what she carries with the 65. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's cool. The Hellcat's all right, but it's made by bastards. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Opinion. Everybody, dog, everybody dogs me because <laughs> their little stuff. I mean, it just... It just—it's yeah. all little uh, stuff until we can't. Until people say we can't have guns, you know, it's all little stuff. But yes, you know, uh, people people kept a rat. Like I refuse to do anything on that on the Hellcat or any Springfield things. I used to do Springfield stuff when I st- when I first started, um, and people kept asking me, and I did something with it. It's okay. I think the Hellcat's all right. It works. My it uh, thing, one of my you know? my best friends. Um, her and her husbands are fairly brand new gun owners and they mm-hmm. both got matching Hellcats. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I had asked them to like go with me to the, the gun store so I could give them some advice, but they were, you know, our schedules didn't align. And I was like, when I found out what they got, I'm like, oh my God. They went over to the dark side. Yeah, <laughs> I was, my first gun was a Springfield. Um, yeah. But that was before all that. Yeah. Um, I and, noticed, uh, go ahead. Go sorry. No, Lola no, was she saying, actually, hey, hey, hey. Lola doesn't want me to start getting political, I guess. Whatever. Uh, my, uh, I will my do it as I please, woman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry. She actually had... No, it's okay. I was at her house the other day, and I was um, helping her with her grip and, and getting her to teach her how to dry fire and all this stuff, because, again, she's fairly new. And I was trying to fix her grip. Because she was doing the cro- like this cross thumb teacupping thing, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" So I'm like fixing her grip, and she couldn't. Like when I got her to do the correct grip, she couldn't reach the trigger. And she actually, I figured out. At first, I was like, "That's this is a tiny gun." I mean, I have. I don't know if I, I ever told you the story, but my hands are too small for one of my guns. My my trigger finger doesn't reach mm-hmm. when my CZ is in um, double action. So okay. I believe I have it. to, I do some, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I was kind of like shifting my hand, mm-hmm. um, moving the webbing of my hand over a little bit and it was totally mm-hmm. unconscious. And, uh, it's actually happened at train and learn where that someone who was like, you're doing this, you need to get a smaller gun. So that was like, Oh my God. So I saw that she was doing the same exact thing. She was moving the webbing of her hand over and, and messing with the grip because she couldn't reach the trigger. And I'm like, that's impossible. It's not like she's a midget. Like, the Hellcat is tiny. So I figured out that she broke. I mean, she had a weird finger. Like, she couldn't bend her trigger finger. Mm-hmm. So the real issue was that she needs to get a gun that doesn't have that blade safety because she can't get her finger to push on that blade safety and get the trigger to pull. So she was giving away, giving away the Hellcat. Um, what? And she asked if I wanted it. <laughs> and I said no. So you should have taken it and sold it. That's what I would do. <laughs> I was, was going to say, if, you, if you'll get it, I'll split, I'll split whatever we make. I'm telling you. I don't. Even the Hellcat, I'm not going to say no to if someone's giving it away. You could sell it like that. I sold the one that we did the it. video on immediately. <laughs> People are oh, buying yeah. those things. Um, 
so so okay a couple of things happened wrong here and i'm not blaming you i'm not even blaming them i think when you go to buy to buy a gun to carry on you or for for self-defense you need to figure that kind of stuff out before you buy the gun but a lot of people don't no they don't I, i'm a huge advocate for shoot it before you buy it mm-hmm. yeah you know the, and the hellcat's popular enough that you could do that not everywhere but in a lot of places but i think people go in there and shop for a for a handgun and this is a mistake by price you well know? i think they this is exactly why i wanted uh to go in with them to the store because mm-hmm. No, the problem is, I mean, a lot of guys, I'm sorry, I'm not to be sexist again, but a lot of guys, even if you're not a gun person, it's like, I'm a guy. I mean, I can, I can figure this out. I know, I know stuff. So I'm like, yep. The second the husband got in there and then they, two males met up on the, at, at the counter, the, the sales guy and the husband and the sales guy, this is a great gun. And the husband went, yeah, I've heard of this one. Yeah. Let's get it. Like, so do, do the husband and wife look alike? Not at all. Yeah, so what the hell are they doing? They're not the same know. person. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. and that's, that's usually where I piss husbands off in my permit classes. Because I, I tell the wives all the time, uh, wives, girlfriends, whatever, don't let your husband buy you a gun. Because mm-hmm. more than likely, he's buying, a, he's buying a gun for himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We're not the same. We're not the same. Our hands, my hands are different from Lola's hands. She's a Lilliputian. I'm a normal sized human being. You know, I mean, we're not the same people. So why would you carry the same gun? Doesn't make any kind of sense. It's not going to fit. It's not going to fit your functions properly. You know, women, uh, for whatever reason, women are wearing jeans that don't have any freaking pockets, you know, um, Whatever your hips are more showing your hips is more important than having pockets for for the ladies. Okay, <laughs> you have to think about all these things, right? The way that you dress, the size that you are, the size that your hands are, size that your fingers could be, right? You know, we're just not all the same. And guns, some guns are made for women. P three sixty fives are actually made for women. People don't know that. And so, men that can use those guns, you basically have women hands. You just got to learn how to deal with that. You have the hands of a woman. If it works for you, though, they're good for you. <laughs> that's, um, that's like the, I call it the P365 sass. <laughs> that sig anti-snag. And I had a buddy of mine that's got one. He was like, don't call it a sass. I'm like, well, that's what it is. He's like, no, it's a SAS. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you just don't want me to say it sound, make it sound like a chick gun. That's <laughs> all it is. It's a freaking sass. Yeah. He's like, no, it's a SAS. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, you're not in some British Special Forces. I mean, I'm not trying to be messed up, but, but the P365 was designed for women. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Just, I mean, they, they, prove they me were wrong. trying to. Prove me wrong out there. They were trying to touch a market that. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to, they're trying to hit that side of the market. Mm-hmm. Because that's what a lot of you know that's what that was. I know for me that was the biggest complaint before that gun is this is too big, it's too heavy. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah, I can't carry it, it, it. So yeah, and I it mean, works even for husbands. Like if your wife has smaller hands and this gun works for her, and then it has more of capacity, like you just said, uh, maybe ten fifteen minutes ago, that you wanted your wife to have more capacity in that magazine, it works. And then if you happen to be a man with some little tiny ass hands, it works for you too. 
but it wasn't but it wasn't made for it was made it was not made for men (laughs) it was made for women just like there's a lot of guns that are made for men and not women you know or just like was it taurus remember taurus did the curve remember that that was made for hips that's why it was curved that actually in theory i mean i did you know since i haven't heard of it I'm, i'm assuming it's not around anymore and it didn't work out yeah, I've but, got one if you want to try it out. When you guys come out here one day, I will let you try out the curve. And see that was... For you. I, I saw where they were going with it, but I think there needed to be a little bit more planning before they just released that thing. That was in the, that was in the time period when... Do you remember when um, firearms manufacturers realized that women have money? <laughs> Oh, the the shrink it, uh, the shrink it and pink it, like like phase where everything yeah. like, yeah. yeah, that was in that phase. That was in that. Somebody phase. somebody read a, a study somewhere that women are actually the the number one like money spenders and consumers of everything, yeah. and they're like, we got to get women buying guns. Yeah, but they didn't yeah. realize that that a lot of women they might be pulling out the credit card in the store, but they go into the store with a dude. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and by the yeah, way, Louie, LV Louie in the chat earlier said something about mm. there being exception to the rule of what I said about guys. I was specifically meaning people who don't know what they're doing. Like, mm. like I said, my, my friends, the husband doesn't know anything about guns, but it's mm. just, it's some men mm-hmm. have this hard time. They, gotta make it, they, they have a hard yeah. time saying they don't know. Exactly. And I don't, look, I'll be, Hey, I will be the first one to tell you if I don't know, I'm not going to try. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, I, I, have I, know, no I know enough to get me by. Yeah. 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 But I have me- no problem with husbands who know what they're doing. You know, Rolando is definitely uh, an excellent resource for me. I mean, he sat there and researched, I think he's, he's stressed out two weeks before, you know, reading every tiny little nuance about, we had a short list of guns that I was yeah. contemplating for, for my new EDC. So, and mm-hmm. he definitely helped me out as he was a great resource for that. Yeah, so in the interest of fairness here, uh, men don't know shit. Okay? <laughs> we, what, what are we supposed to know? We make up half the stuff. <laughs> right? I'm not saying, yes, guys do, like Chris, you know, he's a trainer or whatever. But we don't, come on now. <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff, we're just making it up. <laughs> well, that was, what's funny about that is that was one thing that, that they talked to us when I started working for... Verizon in their call center mm-hmm. is they were like if you don't know just make it sound like you know yeah exactly that's what <laughs> I was like okay but I this is I an expectation this is an expectation that women put on men right so you feel like you're the man you're supposed to know you just go oh you act like you know and 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 what you were saying that we don't it's very difficult for us to go you know what I don't know I don't know about that you know, let me defer to someone else. And as you said, like a guy and salespeople use this against men, right? You go in somewhere to buy something and the sales guy knows how to push your buttons because you're a guy. I mean, how does how do you go in somewhere to buy a gun and it, with your wife and the two of you are not twins of each other and you come out with the same gun? It happens a lot because the salespeople know how to push you like that in that direction and make you do stuff that's not necessarily i'm not you know look there's some people that twin guns good is good and it works for them because maybe they have the same kind of hands or whatever but for most people that's not what's supposed to happen i want my wife to have something on her 
So I always tell Lola, like, you, you need to make up your mind about this, because if you don't have it on you, you can't do anything for me. You know, I could do something for you because I know I'm going to have something on me. But if you don't have something on you, you cannot do anything for me. So I personally, I'm, I'm concerned with that. But a lot of men, we don't see it that way. Like, you might get caught off guard. I have seen that before. People who want to make a, you know, who are predatory towards you will, will scope out the situation and realize, like, okay, this is a guy and a girl. I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to get this guy going. And once we distract him, that chick can't do anything about it. People, people game all of this stuff. Bad guys game things. I've seen it with my own eyes play itself out in real life. So ultimately for me, if my woman is not able to save my life, then in that bad situation, she is just, she's just along for the ride. She's a spectator. You know, but but when you're in the store and you get all macho or whatever, you're not really thinking about that. And that's how you come out with some freaking twin ass guns. Yep. <laughs> and no, well, you end up on the range with and don't like. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just it's just as bad as if you're looking at a movie, and there's some supposed to be some badass special operator, and then they have a Desert Eagle. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> this person can't be badass if they have it. I'm not trying to knock a Desert Eagle at all, but you're not so you're not a special operator with a freaking Desert Eagle that has no. what six or seven rounds or something like that. You know? I know there was there was one show my wife was watching. I think it was that show SWAT with uh, Shamar Moore, mm -hmm. and all of them are carrying Kimbers, and I'm like, there's not a SWAT person in the world that will carry a freaking Kimber. Well, I'm like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, they're carrying Kimbers because Kimbers paying uh, for them to carry them. You know? Right, but yeah. just like in uh, Tomorrow War, hair mm -hmm. of, you know, they've got all the hair hardware all over the ARs mm -hmm. to make them look futuristic. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, I kind of dig it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, I think it yeah. looks pretty cool. Did everyone see Tomorrow War? Uh, you uh, we watched course? it last night. Yeah, did you see it? Did you see it, Joanna? No, I did not. Oh, okay. Is that Damn the one the, the one with Chris Pratt? Don't spoil it. I'm gonna watch. Yeah, that's it what I'm saying. No, 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 can't, no, that's, I'm why, not, no. that's why I'm asking you. I am not gonna. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna spoil it. You've let got me, to watch that movie. Let money, me throw money, this up. Money, Toxic money, Patch Company gave us money. five bucks. He says, "Remember, <laughs> remember the trip pants the goth kids used to wear? You could pocket carry like ten guns. Hundred percent tactical." By the way, uh, well Trip back. is. Still I know a what brand. he's talking about. Yes. Trip is still a brand at Hot Topic. By the way. I know I exactly what he's know. talking about. You oh, still sell that. I don't even know what trip pants it's called. Trip pants? Yes. You know, remember like they're, the kids who would. They're like oh, cute. It's like bell yeah. bottoms, but they go all the way up. Is it cargo yes. pants? It's not cargo mm. pants. It's just no, it's, wide leg from the hip. Yeah. And then they have like a million pockets and usually some chains and maybe some grommets. Oh, boy. So there's yeah, a lot there of pockets. You go. There's a lot of pockets in the what the hairy yeah. hell. They don't yeah, look like I that anymore, what they sell. they sell. Well, I guess they still sell that, but the trip pants that they sell so at... So it's um, cargo pants for clowns, basically. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we're looking at here. <laughs> trip pants, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> I, oh yeah. I had a few yeah. friends that wore some of those back in the day. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's quite a few people out there. Um, so yeah, we can't talk about Tomorrow War. I really would like to. I was hoping... That Joanna was on her full nerd. I'm no, nerd. I don't have I'm time. Nerd. I haven't had time. I haven't even. I haven't watched that. I haven't watched um, 
Oh my god, uh, Scarlet. Not Scarlet. Oh my god, Scarlet's movie. Uh, what's Black it called? Widow? Black, Widow? Black Widow. I haven't watched I haven't it. Watched. I'm like super behind. Yeah, I haven't watched that either because yeah, Disney Disney it. wants you to pay, or you got to pay. No, I'm not paying for none of that crap. No, I'll see you in my money. Gap. Yeah, I'll see I'll, it if it's free I'll wait, somewhere. I'll wait or to whatever. see it somehow. One, somebody in my family. I don't pay for Disney. I um, I got the uh, some free thing right now. Some free through something else yeah. like Xbox give you a month or two or whatever. Yeah. No, oh. I canceled. I canceled my Disney. Yeah, we then, did too. But I have it free because of some phone that I have to pay for it to do this show. So I was like, okay, I might as well. It, uh, it, if I'm paying it for it, because it's not, not really paying. free, huh? Yeah, uh, it yeah. doesn't count to, in my mind if I'm not if I'm not paying them. So that's how I'm justifying it. So yeah. I'm watching, you watched all of the Loki episodes. I'm. Uh, we got through one. We were Holy watching. We were. Oh, I'm on Joanna. How oh, seriously, man. woman? <laughs> I got through all the bad yeah. batch. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, those were uh, my because my uh, daughter's big into the Marvel stuff. So yeah, we've sat was, and watched it. And yeah, did you like? Did you like on. it? No spoilers. No spoilers. Did you like it or not like it? Look, I did. I, I I thought it was gonna. I thought it was gonna end a little differently, but I see why they did that and how they did that and what it's mm-hmm. for. So okay, okay. Joanna, you know, we didn't listen. We no, hadn't had no, Disney no. in a while. Okay, we had to catch up on all our Star Wars yeah, stuff. We I got know. the Bad Batch out of the way. We got yeah. uh, uh, what's the one uh, with Bucky and and uh, the Falcon, um, the Winter Falcon. Soldier and the Falcon. That was so horrible. I caught up on that. That was hard. I liked it. No, it you was like too it? stupid for me. No, I don't like it. Uh, I think people who are see as a as a um, as a black guy, I hated that. That's, that's what oh, because of the super it. emphasis on yeah the whole racism thing. I, yeah, I, I can't. I will say the the last episode, I was a little disappointed in in how they did that. This whole speech and everything. I mean, that was just they went. To, I was. I shouldn't say disappointed. I was just aggravated. They went all political with it like that. They were doing it from the beginning. Okay, so hold on a second. Tony Stark gives the Falcon this suit and there's no money involved. He didn't give him uh, no okay, resources I agree with you. for the suit. That now, was the let, dumbest let, thing. Let's say Tony Stark is actually that crazy and didn't give him any way to take care of the suit and do whatever, which is not, it doesn't even like match Tony Stark, right? The dude can travel through time or whatever. Um, if I have that suit is in, if we translate that into the real world, that's billions of dollars, right? What's a F what's a F-16 worth, right? So that's billions of dollars. I'm taking a feather off of that bad boy and selling it and getting some money. There's no way I'm going to be broke. So the also, whole, and, and then he's he's in the military. So you're trying to tell me a dude in the military that's a hero in America and in, in current times is broke ass, can't get loan. I, not, not hold on not, not just it. is he military he's retired military yeah what? and yeah. then he's a current military contractor so you he's know he's at least pulling world. six figures <laughs> he's pulling at least 100k at least oh yeah if, you wait you i'm not saving anyone until they give me money contractor than you do in the military yeah, i wouldn't save anyone until they give me money if i need money i'm not saving anyone until i get the money sorry you know, but we're supposed to believe, and it's hard for me, and I'll tell you guys why. As a guy, 
I suffered more than that. I was born in a third world country, came to America illegally. Okay, um, you know, graduated high school, wasn't able to go to college, all this kind of stuff. I'm not going through that in America. So I'm not saying that there's not people, uh, black people suffering in America, but why would this guy be suffering and why am I supposed to believe that? Why am I supposed to believe this guy who saved the planet? What, what about the Wakandan people? The Wakandans once again are leaving him asked out with no, it's, it's just totally ridiculous. I don't want to hear it. Whenever, it's just, a, let's write it this way. It's lazy writing. Let's write it this way. The white people are racist against the black guy. Let's just write it like that. What about Bucky? Where's Bucky getting money from? Bucky's not even working. He's not even a contract. He was just like chilling. Yeah, he's just, he's he's just like, got money because well, he's, he's a white guy. He's back and forth to Louisiana and no one's bad an eye. I mean, well, he, he's just got money because he's a white guy. And I live in a world where I remember telling Lola this one time. Because people, you get conditioned like this when you're in college, and Lola went to college, and when I met her, she had some of this conditioning. And I said, you are going to meet in your life a blonde, a blue-eyed white man who you have way more money than, and that person has to do what you tell them to do. That's her life every day now. So there's tons of white people who are blonde, blue-eyed right here where I live, and they don't have anything. They can't get credit. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're looking at this thing, and it's giving us this stupid... You know, this stupid premise that a guy who saved the planet flying around in billions of a suit that's worth billions of dollars can't fix a boat. Okay, yeah. Now, I was, yeah. I yeah, was. It makes me mad. The way the storyline was rolled out, it was, it was a little frustrating to me. Yeah. But they, they didn't need that, is, I think. That's my, my thing is they didn't need that no. in there. Mm -mm. There was enough other no. drama. They didn't really need it in there. And then some of the other stuff, like obviously the Captain America guy had to be evil. They had to make like a soldier who's going out. They had to make him whatever. Well, now in the comic book, he does, the, the, the U.S. agent, he does kind of bounce. He's kind of like Loki. He bounces between mm -hmm. good and bad. So, I mean, he that was... So I didn't see the comic him. book. But did the comic book play it like this, that just because... He was this guy that he, you know. Oh, you mean like the race? I mean, because I'll tell you, I'll, no. I'll tell you something. If you kill my friend in front of me, I'm taking you out. I don't. People can play it however they want to play it. I mean, I don't see that particular act, you know, as being like these. These the bad guys in this in this show. They try to make them into the good guys. The bad guys could blow up people, kill people all they want to, but. They kill this guy's friend, a black guy, right in front of him, and he can't kill their asses. And I can't relate to that either, because I'm t I'm taking you out. Well, I, I don't care who sees it or none of the that. The issue that they had was that it wasn't that guy who killed his friend, but he was still involved. So I thought that was kind of like, I get where they're coming from, and maybe he shouldn't have, like, I don't know, beheaded him in front of a crowd of people with a shield. Um well, it was playing into the police brutality thing as well, too. Mm -hmm. It's also so that was none of that. I didn't think any of that stuff was. Oh, man, I just don't think it was necessary. And I think they were trying to make the bad guys good guys. But you can't make the bad guys good guys to me when they're terrorists and when they're killing people. Because I it's think in the comic book, it was his father and mother they killed or something. I don't think it was his best friend. Yeah. 
But there was something in the comic book where that pushed him over the edge to kind of be kind of to me on that line between good and bad. Okay. There's a whole there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So you get snapped out and you get snapped back and you don't have your shit. Hmm? Oh, you're saying like if you if you were That's the whole premise in of the snap, this. Yeah. Like where's your stuff? No, yeah, because you, you would you, you were assigned to be dead. So no, what happens no, no. to your state or your property if if you and your family are dead, the government takes it. Well, right? Hmm, I don't If you don't have if you don't have a will, if you don't have a will or a power of attorney, then it goes into the court system and it's up to them to Okay, but but wait, 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 but, but this was it. all magic. This was all magic and this was a snap. So Doesn't matter. No, but what I'm saying to you is this was all magic and it was a snap that I guess Tony... So if we're looking at this, uh, Iron Man does the snap and he puts everything... And whatever he wishes for, he snaps into being, right? So we're supposed to... Believe, so you these people were gone, came back, and all of a sudden they don't own their stuff? So what happened? All their property rights got snapped away? Their titles to stuff got snapped away? Well, like what, you know... Did the snap include titles or not? Or does it... What, <laughs> oh God, I don't want to say too much because I'm gonna give away. Look at look at Tomorrow War, right? And how all that rolled out and what got implemented after they came back. Yeah, but the so there's a lot of things here that don't that don't make sense to me because if and I know that the snap there's a time period in between. So I think that for these years these people disappeared. So were all these people declared legally dead? And if you got, if you got, like, th this whole thing, it just doesn't make, it doesn't make any damn sense. It doesn't make any damn sense to me. And so, and also, if the whole world knows that that happened, why would you all of a sudden lose your stuff? You know? And it also doesn't make any sense to me as to why there wasn't anywhere to put people. It was like there wasn't enough room or enough resources for people. Well, Five years ago, it was the same number of people, and there was plenty of, like, there was no issue with resources. People just yeah. had, you know, they, you know, but they're acting like they need to, the governments need to come together to, you know, provide for these people. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. But it goes to, it goes back to right there toward the beginning where um, Steve Rogers comes in to, Black Widow after she gets off of that little video conference thing and he's talking about, you know, when I drove over here, there were whales swimming through the East River. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of trying to make light like there's less people, there's less pollution. So mm -hmm. there's, you know, he was, he was, to me, he was trying to make light of the situation like and trying to yeah. really almost convince her that Thanos maybe was a little right about what he did. Yeah, I see people saying that, yeah, perhaps Thanos was right, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, I mean, that's exactly um, what some of the environmentalist kind of angle, like modern day, is. Like, mm -hmm. some well, people think Thanos at, wasn't wrong. Maybe they're, you know, not off people, but mm -hmm. look at what modern day, like, environmentalists believe. And I'm not just saying this environmentalist, like, um, Animal rights people believe the same thing because, remember, I have a background in that. I used to be involved in animal rights stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the beliefs of, of both environmentalism and animal rights is that the problems of this, of this world are caused by humanity and the 
too you know, having too much human humans on the on the on the on the planet causing a strain on the resources on the animals um so obviously snap doesn't exist and you can't kill people but mm-hmm. the other side of that is the encouraging people pretty much to not have kids and at least on the animal rights side they outright say you know it's it's you know like you're if you're a, a vegetarian or a vegan and you have a child they'll actually call you out and say that you're not really an animal lover if you have kids because you're contributing to the problem so mm-hmm. i think that's the same concept of thanos it's like over the over time they want the population to go down right but, I, I, mean, I understand if you go and look at what mm-hmm. some of the people say about covid a lot of people that are hardcore conspiracy theorists say everything that happened with COVID was population control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, except you can't control, you know, something like that and who it takes out. So I, I see Puerto Rican Pistolero said this. Uh, so they allowed the pop, uh, they allowed the population that was left to take up the slack and move where it was needed. Um, I, I get all of that. He says uh, what happened was that you lost. Uh, a random selection of workers or all professions. So some countries may have lost doctors, business leaders, farmers, etc. Um, so they allowed the population that was left to take up the slack and move where they were needed. Okay. Um, the point I'm trying to make to you guys is magic was performed here. Okay. So magic. <laughs> all right. And what I'm saying to you is if we suspend our disbelief, which you're supposed to suspend, when you're looking at something, okay, magic happened, wasn't the snap the undoing of the magic? So even if the time stayed, that we traveled through this time and people were snapped back into being, you know, and everything else goes, so let's say that could actually happen, right? You disappear, all these people disappear off the planet for five years, and then, then all of a sudden they're magically back on the planet, you know, and they come back on the planet where they were before, I'm assuming, right? They didn't come back in other countries or whatever. They came back where they were before. What was it that happened <laughs> that, you know, now, what, they don't have their families? <laughs> you know, they. so I can understand if you don't have your job. I could understand if in five years your job went on, but there were still families and things like that going on. You know, what would we do if right now the reality is we could have half their people lose their jobs? Are we going to have, you know, what's going to happen? Are we going to are we going to have terrorists all of a sudden because five half the people lost their jobs? Well, you think that's where I mean, you could say half the people and this, I'm, I'm sure it's less than half, but a crap ton of people lost their jobs during um, the lockdown and mm-hmm. we survived as a country mm-hmm. so far yeah uh, most people don't want to go back most people are happy uh, not even being there they don't want to go back to that right that's you know well that's to the money they're making from the government as well you know so some people are making more money off the unemployment than they were mm-hmm. at their job so why yeah. would i go back to my job so puerto rican pistolero here's the thing Puerto Rican Pistolero says no, they came back in a general area because obviously some folks would be falling out of the sky if they were in a plane. Okay, great. This is the point I'm trying to get to here. So this magic is random except when it's not. That's what I'm saying to you. Random magic. 
The magic is good enough that if you were snapped out of a plane, you don't get snapped back in midair. But it doesn't fix... <laughs> it didn't fix this. Right? It doesn't... What, what, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any kind of... It doesn't make any kind of sense even for magic. Well, right? too, I think what they were trying to do is show how the government had taken control and everything and kind of screwed it up along the way. Yeah. So what was Tony thinking? Years. Like, so here, here's the thing I'm trying to understand about this magic. When you snap, what is it? You make a wish? Okay, I wish all the people came back. So miraculously, they just came back. So why are some of them not falling out of the air? Maybe right? he did it like you have to, what is it like when you have a... a three wishes from a genie you have to be careful what you wish for and you have to like think of all the possible ways that like it's like okay i wish i'm gonna snap and i'm gonna wish for everyone to who was snapped away to come back but you got to make sure like you say and they're safe and they're not in front of a car and not falling out of the sky and you know what it's I'm saying? the craziest like, maybe this it's the craziest thing ever the, the the point i'm trying to make to you the whole thing is the craziest thing ever. Swamp Dog has a good point. He says, in five years, do you realize how many of those families, spouses would have moved on because their loved ones are dead, especially with all the added struggles of the effects that you're talking about? Okay, okay. That would happen if we were in a... It would take some spouses five days, five minutes, right, to move on. This is what we had. We were just talking about uh, the pandemic. Didn't we have the same thing? When all of a sudden these people who were happily married had to cohabitate in the same house for five <laughs> days, they couldn't they couldn't deal with each other. Yeah, well, didn't we have like the highest divorce rates ever? Yeah, but where was the terrorism that came out of that? This is uh, so I'm not I'm saying okay, you magically were gone, you magically came back, right? You came back in the country. So even if you lost your job. If you lost your wife because she found a new husband or whatever, she figured out she was a lesbian now, whatever happened, right? How, you're still a citizen. How are you all of a sudden you're not a citizen of that country anymore? What happened to your paperwork? Your paperwork all of a sudden is negated. You're not an American. When you when you left five years ago, you were an American. Now you're not a... So I'm not arguing about jobs. I, I don't even, you know, okay, houses. Okay, we could get all of that, right? But what happened that you know people aren't like they made it look in the show like these people were now displaced they're no longer citizens of that place you know they, i think because i think after the first year the government was like okay these people are dead we can't mm -hmm. get them back there's no way to get them back they're dead mm -hmm. kind of like when you saw ant-man come popping out of the van in the storage building mm -hmm. and you saw how big that storage building was they just said all right they're dead all their stuff goes here. And then it just kind of gets lost in translation. So then I'm guessing that's what they're going to do um, in in, in uh, Black Panther then. When, you know, the, the guy comes back and uh, he's no longer the king of that place or something like that. I mean, obviously, they're not even going to bring him back. But, yeah, it, look, it doesn't make sense. Lola's telling me... Uh, <laughs> We could talk around in circles forever for it, so whatever. I'm just saying the whole thing doesn't make any damn sense, you know, so. But um, then, too, I mean, it's not really supposed to. It's a movie. Yeah. It's all yeah, for right. action and ratings and money and all what? that good stuff. And, I mean, they try, I they're know. trying. Mm -hmm. 
the right, real, right. real, the mm-hmm. real issue I have is you have a, a Disney level budget, mm-hmm. right? And you can't afford to get someone as a consultant for weapons expert. That's what right. I don't understand. Why do we have Black Widow running around with a forty, uh, a Glock forty three X? Because someone paid in them a war. To, yeah, What's that? Because yeah. <laughs> someone paid them to carry a certain specific gun. That's, That's the real travesty well, of, of Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then, you know, a bow and arrow. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you don't actually have superpowers and you can run on the wing of a plane and all that kind of stuff doesn't, you know, it's picture like a picture. That's what we're basically, you know, um, you know, and what was it? Is What was it? Adrian said, Adrian said, I like my, uh, you like slop talking about those kind of movies. Like I'm, I'm a bond fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a Mission Impossible fan, and I mean, mm-hmm. but I'm also a realist, and I sit and watch these shows, and I'm like, there's no way that shit would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, there's no way that would happen. There's no way he's going to shoot that far with that gun and be that accurate. But, I mean, it's it's the action. It's just, I like the action that's in there. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the, I guess that's the whole thing. That's, you know, you have to suspend, you have to suspend your disbelief in and somehow get over things even though they don't make sense to you at and then all. there's the added bonus that not only are you enjoying an action movie now chris but now it's got a dash of unintentional comedy when they do dumb things with guns and mm-hmm. you're oh, yeah. the one who caught it <laughs> yeah i mean oh, yeah. if you think ant-man had the had a hammer on a glock the first ant-man if you look at it you'll you know, see like, there's a glock in there with a hammer on it Kind of like, why are you a why are you a secret agent, but you never mm-hmm. carry around in the chamber? Because every time you see Bond take his gun out, he's racking around in okay. the chamber. Every gun, people have shotguns, and they will rack it like ten times in a in in one scene. Have you ever seen that? Like I'm looking oh, at yeah. a scene, and someone said he racking a shotgun. I was like, okay, so there's no rounds left in this tube, then. <laughs> yep. You know, they're racking it. You don't see a. They rack it once. You don't see anything. Okay, so now they loaded it. They rack it again. You don't see anything fly. So this is an empty shotgun. It's an empty shotgun, or we're not seeing the shell casings come out of it. So, Armsman says it's just that scene in uh, what was it, Sicario, mm-hmm. where they're in the car and it shows him with the rifle and the bolts locked to the rear. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody didn't do their job before they went on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, we're we're caught we're caught we're trapped in this. We can't escape. We can't escape. We got to somehow escape from this. Here, listen. You guys want to see some real gun action? I'm gonna. Um, we just released a video today on the Hank Strange on YouTube slash Hank Strange, which I'll share with you guys if you permit me to here. Uh, allow me this little indulgence. Um, so right here, PSA dagger. Nine millimeter, five thousand plus rounds. So we got this at thirty-two hundred rounds, and we shot it up to five thousand plus rounds in this video. And I would encourage everyone to go look at it. Let me see here. I think it's actually, uh, I don't know. It might not be monetized anymore. But anyway, this is the video. It is an hour and about twenty minutes. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna deny that. You know. But every single shot that we took with the dagger is in the video for you all to see so i would ask everyone who's watching this even you guys chris joanna you know go over there comment help us the algorithm is kicking our butts 
on YouTube. I don't know if you guys are going through this as well, but um, I know that someone over at YouTube did do a snap on on YouTubers, and uh, you know, like two thirds of my audience disappeared over there. So um, it would be it would be I would appreciate if folks would go and smash the thumbs ups on that video, watch it as much as you can. I know it's a long video, but very detailed. Um, Kevin Sazarez so, says great video, so thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. What did you think about the dagger? Um, I thought for the price of that dagger, to me, we put. Uh, hold on, I'll tell you exactly how many rounds we put. Like nineteen hundred plus rounds through it. I think that um, it's it's a good price, good value for that money, um, because. It performed the way I expected. You know, I expected something that is similar to a Glock to perform. Okay. So that's Did a you three, mess that's with the one point. at Shot Show last year? Um, no. Well, I definitely didn't fire it. I messed around with it. That was like a rapid prototype or something they had. Okay, so uh, that's what to me it just seemed very clunky and poorly made, and that's what I was hoping it was maybe just. Mm-hmm. That prototype, and there had been so many people right. fooling with it, racking all that stuff, that it just, okay. Yeah. I, I think look. what they, so the the the, um, the slide, I think, is a uh, very nice slide. I think that slide alone, you could spend more than 300 bucks for. That slide, barrel, everything that goes into that, it's a, you know, um, the spring is uh, steel. The, rod, the spring rod steel, you know, okay. um, right there, you could spend 300 bucks for that aftermarket right um the frame on its own i mean nowadays you can't even find that for the guys doing 3d printing um 80 percenters and stuff like that you can't even find those things so that whole gun the one that we shot in this video which is basically um a compact so a mid-size striker fired gun is 300 dollars walter recently bought one from psa they are available i see people saying Oh, you know, it's like it's a unicorn. It doesn't exist. Walter bought one last Friday um, from from them, and I think with shipping and everything, cost him three hundred and twenty bucks. Wow! I just I've I don't know. I've gotten a little irritated with them, especially because mm-hmm. they were one of the ones that really started price gouging when all of the stuff happened last year, and mm-hmm. it just really irritated me with a lot of other companies, not just them, about how everybody started. Yeah. price gouging when all that stuff happened and okay. I don't know I've gotten a little irritated and yeah so when you say pr- when, seen, when you say price gouging their prices went from where to where oh they were one of the ones that started price gouging ammo immediately like from 20 cent around to what they jumped to like 50 cent around and then started climbing from there but I mean then at that by the time they started climbing past 50 cent everybody was climbing past that mm-hmm but how okay. much of it is, is intentional price gouging versus just, you know, the laws of, of finances, supply and demand and mm-hmm. supply was low because of things. There that were still were other companies hand. I could go to and get it for 30, 35 cent around at the time that they were 45, 50 cent around. Yeah. So, so that, I mean, I know that's not uh, uh, to me. It, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you mm-hmm. start buying in bulk. Mm-hmm. Of course. It starts it's a to lot. get expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm actually going to have the guys from PSA on some point close here in the future to talk about specifically the dagger. And I will be happy to ask them because that question, because I think that question comes up a lot um, in regards to PSA. Um, 
And so there's probably some bias, right? Because obviously I know those guys. That's why they sent that gun to me for me to do it. They don't uh, sponsor the show or anything like that. But, you know, every now and then we do stuff together. So I, I, I'm just exposing that bias if one exists, right? But for me, on the outside of that company looking in, I think that what happens to a company like PSA, because in a normal market... They wind up having better prices than a lot of different places, right? Now, why is that? Why do they have better prices? And not just for stuff that they're making. They have better prices for things in general in the gun world. Why is that that they have those better prices? Well, I'm, I would have to guess probably how they work with their dealers and wholesalers. Yeah, they buy <coughs> a crap ton of stock that companies have sitting there. Okay, so this is how it works. Like, how does it, how does PSA have this thing from this company or that company, right? These companies, whoever the original companies are manufacturing these things, have a ton of it sitting there that they're not moving in a regular market, right? So P right. so so the so if that if that stuff is sitting there for that company and not getting sold, that company's losing money. So a company like PSA or other companies in, in doing the same thing are going to come in and buy stuff at a big discount because they're buying more of it. So they're, so they're getting that inventory out of that company's hands and putting cash in their hands, and then they're selling those things and passing the savings on to people. But what winds up happening is when the market switches around, you know, it's almost like the stock market. You invested in this thing when it wasn't worth that much because no one was buying it. And you sold it at such good prices, everyone's loving that. But now when there's a high demand, you know, there's a high demand on this thing. If you up the prices a little bit, you're running the risk of what you're saying, I think, that folks will go, oh, well, you guys have it for 50 cents. These guys have it for 30. I'm going to buy it from them. But as from a business point of view, you know, okay, you keep buying that 30 cents, but when that's gone, then this 50 cents is going to look good. <laughs> yep. You're right. No, nope, so, you're totally so, right, man. I mean, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I get from, from a me being a business owner, mm -hmm. I'm not mad at them from a consumer. Mm -hmm. I was a little mad at them, but I mean, mm -hmm. it's like I tell everybody else, like everything that's been going on with, Phoenix Ammo and the way they've got their website set up. Look, mm -hmm. it's their business. They run it how they want to. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, go start your own business. Now, so so cheaper than dirt, I think, is like a real good price gouger, right? Because I remember the thing, the stuff that happened with cheaper than dirt. Like, I literally had a bunch of AR-15 magazines that I had already bought and paid for at a certain price, and they canceled it and said, we're out of stock. That's why we're canceling it. And then immediately... That's price, I believe that's price gouging. But on the flip side of that, if you're running a business and you buy stuff, you know, even if you buy it and you get a good price and you're selling it at a good price, once the demand goes up, you might want to try to absorb uh, some of your losses. I know I've asked them this question that you're bringing up in the past with the guns that they make themselves because it doesn't fall into this category of what I'm saying. I've said, why were you guys selling this gun for 500 bucks and now you're selling it for 550 and a lot of times they'll say something like this. Well, okay, when we first put this gun out in a market with a whole bunch of these guns and we were selling it for 500 bucks, we were taking a loss 
on all the equipment that we took to to uh, build this gun up. We had to buy this equipment, do this, do that. But we doesn't make sense to sell this gun and not get any of them out the, out of the door. But as time goes on, we have to start to recuperate the some of that money, right? <laughs> that we're making no, to get the gun out of the door. So there is a certain level when things, you know, when things go, when things happen like this, there's a certain level I understand. I don't understand something like doubling in price, but there's a certain level of taking uh, profits out that I, I go, okay, you know, we don't have to buy it. Well, too, I mean, if you look, like I think Halosun's going to be, Halosun's are great optics. They're very affordable, but... I think in the next couple of years, they're going to start upping their price because of how popular they're coming. But it's kind of like what you're saying, you know, let's get the product out there. Yeah. Let's get it popular. And then now we can recoup because of how popular it is. Yeah, because, I mean, Hollow Suns are really competitive with other optics that are out there. So they're probably selling those things at a loss right now. Well, not right now, but, you know, in a normal market, they're selling yeah, them at a loss. I just, I had a KD get me one the other day. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's KD gave you one. No, he's he, he ordered me one. Oh, he ordered you one. I was about to say, if you KD gave you one, that's you know that's free. No, 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 that's no, KD no. bucks. I mean, that's KD bucks. Be nice. It'd be it'd be, it'd be nice if KD gave yeah, exactly. me one. Exactly. Nah, he he, he had, I had him order me one because I've been wanting to get one. Yeah, that's just good business too. If you have a new product, you need to build a reputation because, you know, if you have maybe a loss on the first five or 10, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. simplifying this, then Sally's going to be like, Oh, I love my gun. This is awesome. Or this product. And then mm -hmm. the friend is going to be like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. Let me so, check it out. So, so word of mm -hmm. mouth is like the best thing that you can have someone saying, this is great. Mm -hmm. And people going around talking about it. Yeah. So two things. Well, that that kind of, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was going to say right now, if you look at the car world, right, there's two things happening. So maybe six months ago, you bought a car. You paid $50,000 for that car somewhere around, re like less, probably less than retail, right? There was no problems with cars. Um, for, so for example, for us, if we go back to right when the, the uh, pandemic started, they thought they weren't gonna sell any cars and they were discounting stuff. Do you know that now you could sell your used car back to the dealership above the price you bought it for, or at least at the price that you owe, or, you know, it's crazy. So is yeah. that so when it's when it's a, when it's benefiting you is that bad? <laughs> like if you right now have a car that you don't need, the dealerships are empty. They do not have cars. They can't get brand new cars. They can't get used cars. Well, I think that's a that's a, a supply issue, isn't it? Because of partially because of COVID and and not having workers and not having mm -hmm. you know factories running. Because uh, of lockdowns and across different countries, that's what's happening. And again, it's a supply mm -hmm. and demand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, but we're benefiting from that, right? How so? I mean, if you I'm need saying, a car, so, you're hosed. You are hosed, but if you have some extra cars. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Right now, if you have a car, uh, you have a spare car that's just sitting there that runs. Sell yeah. it. Yeah. Every time I talk to someone now, they're like, "Hey, I just these these people just gave me like." more like more money than what i bought the car for you know i just made two thousand dollars for instance to bring it a, back mm -hmm. go ahead chris go ahead yeah i've got a tahoe out here that i'm that was the car i was using before i got that truck 
and it's just it's been sitting there and oh, when Chris, i went and looked up the, the, the value for it even with the mileage that's on it i was shocked at what i could sell it for yeah so needless to say i'm gonna be putting a new battery in it and pulling it down to the road yeah. there and slapping a for sale sign on it but are you gouging no actually i'm gonna i'm probably gonna list it under what it it says i could list it somewhere between 45 and 5 thousand mm-hmm. but i think i'm probably just gonna list it starting out at four okay because i yeah. honestly i just i want plus we've been thinking about getting a boat so yeah but what I'm saying to you is that in the past, in the just in a year ago, you might have only gotten two for that, or right. twenty five hundred, right? So it's kind of how the market. So to give you another example, now all new cars that are on the lots are all either at retail or way above. You know, especially if it's a high demand car, there was like uh, Audi came out with the e-tron GT, which is basically the uh, Porsche Taycan, right, reskinned. And uh, the, my dealership here has it, and I, I don't want to buy it. I was just curious about it because I love cars, and, you know, I wanted to test drive it. And they're like, well, you know, we don't even want anyone to test drive it because we're going to sell it, and we're selling it for $10,000 above retail. Well, you guys are crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I don't want it. I'm definitely not going to pay you $10,000 over the sticker price when, like, a year from now, We'll have a whole bunch of cars, you know, but this is the weird thing about how the market works because they don't have any cars. So if you want this car that they have, you've got to make a decision is, you know, if it's but important the thing for is, you, is you there is somebody that will come along and pay over. Probably. 10. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, look at ammo. I don't think ammo will ever go back down to what it used to be. It will when we when people stop buying it. <laughs> But th that's the thing is they're seeing now that people are willing to pay these prices. But now, too, you've got so many new gun owners that think this is what it's always been. This is what the been. price is. And, yeah. Because when I've, when I've had new people come into my permit classes and I talk about what I used to pay for 9mm ammo before last year, they're like, do what? I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is what it used to cost. Yeah. So well, did now you Now we have ahead. a permanent increase in... Mm -hmm demand as well because we have how many new 50 million i don't know how many was mm -hmm. a ridiculous amount of new gun owners so did That's you guys sell that many more millions needing ammo did you guys sell any guns or ammo during this thing so far so i just do classes i don't have ffl okay. i don't sell ammo yeah i just but now last year oh my god it was i was so busy last year like the last half of November, December, I pulled all my classes off mm -hmm. just because of how busy I was and how far behind I was on doing stuff around on the range and in the classroom that I wanted to get done. Mm -hmm. And I just needed a break. But last year was crazy. Mm -hmm. OK. All right. So but, but so you're not like you didn't have any extra guns laying around and you're like, hey, I bought these cheap. I'm going to sell them now. They're worth a lot of money. You didn't do that. <laughs> Because I, no, I did, I'm not, I'm not the even one ashamed. Shot, the one, I have one shotgun, but I, I sold it for what I bought it for. Okay. I mean, but, that's... But now, that was... The rest of them I all wanted to, I wanted to keep. Yeah, selling a gun for what you bought it for is not bad. Hank, did you make money on the guns you sold? Yes. 
I've had ammo for I, a long time. I've been stockpiling ammo, and then people who, like, oh, I don't have any ammo. I was like, okay, well, here's it. And I didn't, by the way, I didn't sell any ammo to people at what the prices were. It was all below the prices, but it was still money, you know, seriously. So, obviously, I'm not getting rid of all my ammo because I need it, but I was like, oh, I've been I've been stocking up on ammo for years. <laughs> This See, person yeah, hasn't been this person hasn't been stocking up on ammo for years. I've been buying, you know, when I first started, I had to like sell guns in order to get other guns. But over time I'm like stacking up on guns too. I was like, "Oh, wait, this gun is valuable now. Why would I sell it later on this the times in the past that I've bought a gun for $1000 and when I went to sell it to the store to get a different gun, they wouldn't even give me 500 bucks for it, right? So now I'm getting uh, it's like that's how the market works, you know. Well, that's one thing that I learned from last year. I'm not worried about money or anything like that. Stockpiling mm -hmm. that, I'm gonna stockpile toilet paper and ammo, mm -hmm. and then that way I'm gonna make a killing when this happens again. Yeah, but it might, Chris. This might not happen again for like 50 years. <laughs> hey, I'll keep stockpiling guns and that, or toilet paper and ammo. I mean, hey. That's what everybody was out buying. Yeah, toilet paper hey, and I ammo. don't know about that. You, I, don't, I don't know if you've been watching about the Delta. They're, they're hyping it up so much. Like, I saw, like, lockdowns mm -hmm. are coming back. Like, it might... It might be just the fall. You never know. Yeah, D, D, I saw a thing where DHEC here had did a press mm -hmm. conference, and they were talking about that Delta thing and this and that. And the thing is, is, is it all depends on your immune system at the time you come in contact with it. Because that's what got me is the flu already had a vaccine, and you could still get that vaccine and still end up with a different version of the flu and still end up Of course, dying. because the flu, like every other living thing, is always changing and mutating. And I mean, and my, see, my wife's a nurse, so she was essential last year. So, I mean, we weren't stuck in the house together mm -hmm. um, that whole time, but they turned her floor into a COVID floor. Okay, so, yeah. So, she ended, she mm -hmm. ended up with it twice. Mm -hmm. And I slept in the same bed, in the same room. Right. I, I slept on the couch one night because they're like, I was like, screw this. I, I'll take getting COVID, but sleep in my own bed. But I never once got it. But I would wake up. I'd go before I'd go into any other part of the house and touch anything. I'd wake up. I'd go wash my hands. We kept hand sanitizer throughout the house. Wait, so like uh, 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 hold on. Hold on a second. Can we go back a second? Did you say one time you slept on the couch? Yes. The wow. first time she got it, we slept on the couch because we were worried about me getting it. When she got COVID? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I, I don't care. I'll be getting some booty. That's just me. I'm gonna, if I'm going to die, I'm not going to die bootyless. <laughs> That's no, after I, that first night on the couch, I was yeah, like, I know. Oh, you, I like, yeah, I can't believe I'm you wasted a whole night. <laughs> well, now, I, mean, I was just been like, I'm whatever, those, let's go. We all going down. We're going down here. I'm, I'm not going out that, like that. I can, mm -hmm. I can almost sleep anywhere, but uh, that, that, that couch was just uncomfortable. I probably uh, should have gotten my recliner. It's way more comfortable. It's supposed to be. <laughs> it's supposed to be. You can't. You can't stop that. What were you gonna? Were you gonna say something, Joanna? <laughs> I think I completely <laughs> fell out of my head with that. Last. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Chris also said that you know we weren't stuck in the house together. I wish. Ask Lola. I wish the whole. Time, I was like Lola. I wish they would stop you from going to work. But she was. She's a pharmacist, so she had to go to work. I never stopped going to work. 
You know, because I guess as a YouTuber, I'm essential. <laughs> well, see if I work for me. Your entertainment for the lockdown. No, but I work for me. If I don't go to work, I'm not getting any money. <laughs> well, see, that was right? see, for me. They deemed they had the governor here had deemed the gun industry essential. Mm-hmm. But see, he never went and said exactly what parts of the gun industry. Mm-hmm. So I had people calling me saying that SLED, which regulates and does all the permit stuff, was going around and busting instructors still doing classes. Mm-hmm. But I think what it was is a lot of them had stopped doing classes and I was still doing them. And I think they were trying to scare me into stop doing classes. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, screw y'all. There, I'm packing these things out just about every day of the week. I'm like, no, he said we're essential. I'm essential. I'm doing classes, but now... Yeah, did anyone in your county try to stop you? They didn't try to stop me, but I think they were trying to scare me into stopping. Oh. That's not enough of human beings. I think that... that, Because it was a phone call like, hey, you better watch out. They're checking all this stuff. I'm like, screw you. I'm running this. It's my business. But now, I, I still don't do anything differently than when flu season. Mm-hmm. After a class, everything gets wiped down. Chairs, mm-hmm. tables, the pens get sprayed down. And then before class comes in, I come back in and I wipe everything back down. And I told people, I'm like, look, masks are optional. Mm-hmm. I think I had one guy that wigged out on me because I told him masks were optional and I wasn't making everybody wear masks. Mm-hmm. And he started going off on me. And I was like, I finally told him, I said, look, man. I Nobody's said, forcing you to be here. <laughs> I, I, I find, I, as he's, I'm going to have him on speakerphone as I'm refunding his money, and I'm like, I just refunded your money. You can gladly go anywhere else you would like to go. I don't want to ever see your name come across one of my rosters. Mm-hmm. And you know, my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's my business. I can run it how I want to. Yeah. If he wants to run his mouth, run his mouth. But yeah. everybody nobody else tells, is coming in Nobody here. puts Santa Claus in the corner. <laughs> right? I was like... <laughs> That you know that was and I mean that's kind of why I started my business. I was tired of people telling me what to do, and I was tired of working for people and stressing over shit I didn't need to stress over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that guy's you know getting I mean? pole in his stocking in December. Yeah, naughty, <laughs> <laughs> naughty, naughty. He's on the naughty list, right? <laughs> hey, I yeah, I when I when I can flip that switch and be an asshole, but yeah. look. Anybody, and that's that's what trips me out about people is they'll come in and they'll get done with my class and they look at me and they're like, well, you're nothing like I thought you would be. And I kind of will look at them and go, well, what did you think I was going to be? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I know I look like an asshole. Yes, I can be an asshole. But I will do anything for anybody. I'll give them the shirt off my back. I'll give them the last dollar I've got if they need it. Mm-hmm. But the moment you stick a knife in my back, oh, hell no, you can forget it. Okay. Well, I need a million bucks, man. I don't know. Well, I'll take a half a million hey, or a quarter. A million, okay. Yeah. All I, hey, all I need is a getaway driver. Okay. <laughs> uh, Joanna's available <laughs> right after this. No. <laughs> I tell people all the time. Joanna's good. All I She's need good. is a getaway driver. In this case, I trust, I trust Joanna to drive. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> Listen, I don't we, know. I have uh-huh. I have a reputation. I'm a very safe driver, but no one wants me to be like. If it's a group Joanna. of people going, it's like if I offer to drive, they're like, "Not Joe." 
Yeah, and Joanna, in a getaway, you don't need to be safe. Limit. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> not in a getaway. <laughs> After you guys bring my money, <laughs> you, can drive, <laughs> you can drive the speed limit at all you want. <laughs> all you want. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't endorse that. Uh, banks don't have any money anyway. <laughs> um, let's see. We okay. flagged. Yeah. Um, so let's do this. We already run into not we like we talk so much. We didn't even talk. We didn't talk about like we didn't really get into training. <laughs> we didn't talk about anything we were actually supposed to talk about. <laughs> so I think we spent most of the show talking about friggin' Falcon. Marvel. It's a Falcon soldier. <laughs> yeah, we talked. Yeah, we talked about Marvel. And that's still a good conversation. Nonsense. Yeah. Um, I would have. I would have been more happy talking about uh, Loki. But Joanna hasn't caught up yet, damn it. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> or know, the Tomorrow or, War. That yeah, or the Tomorrow was, War. Come on, yeah, everyone go a, watch that, the that Tomorrow was, War for crying out loud. You got to, you got to, yeah, you got to take, well, and that's why, I mean, it was 10 o'clock last night before we sat down and watched it just because we've been yeah. so busy. Yeah. Joanna, you and you and Rolando need to freaking watch the Tomorrow War. I know you guys have a schedule of what you want to watch. Change the schedule. No, not with this new job. Like I'm flying out tomorrow morning, and I'm oh, not. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Back. Okay, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, snoo, snoo. Uh, precludes all of this. Okay, you're <laughs> flying out. I understand. The business must be taken care of. I take it back. I take. I don't want Rolando. Oh, call, I don't want Rolando. Like, dude, <laughs> do not mess up <laughs> my schedule here. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it all back. I take it all back. No time. No, don't watch no. any movies. <laughs> Gotta make yeah. that money. Yeah, get a, take care of business, get on the plane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get back home safe and watch the movies later. You know, next time though, next time, I don't know when you're coming on again. <laughs> okay, is Rolando allowed to watch this movie while you're gone? Probably not. He's not, I don't mm, think he's, no, no, he's not allowed. Okay, yeah, no. we can't do it. Okay, all right. I was gonna say Rolando can watch it and then join us because I'm assuming Rolando's coming on next, but. Mm, He's probably well, not allowed I mean, to watch it without can, you. I'll give him permission. That's fine. I'll watch it. He's not you know going to do it. He's actually real good. He's really good about watching things twice. He's a great husband. Like, he'll watch something, and then he'll be, like, so excited and tell me about it. And then I'll be like, oh, that sounds really good. And he's like, do, do you want me to watch it again with you? Mm-hmm. This guy will All literally right. watch a whole show over again, like, the whole season, mm-hmm. because I want to watch I, it. I'm, oh, hey, good. I'm right there with you, because yeah. I like getting my wife into The Walking Dead. Yeah, you know, I talked to her about it all the time, and then she was finally like, "Well, I'll watch it." So I started from season one and went all the way back through it again. So yeah, if it's a good, if it's a good thing, I don't mind watching it again. If it's terrible, I'm not watching it. And I refuse to watch chick flicks with Lola. I watch chick flicks when Lola's not there. That's my plan. I'm not watching. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm the not, chick flicks are for you? I'm not gonna watch them when she's there. You can ask her. I am not watching chick flicks when when Lola's there. If I'm there by myself and I'm in the mood for a chick flick, I'll watch it. If Lola's there and she wants to watch it, nope, we're not gonna watch chick flicks. That's cold, man. It's <laughs> oh, all right. Lola cheated on me one time with 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 watching Game of Thrones. The whole time through Game of Thrones, I waited for her. I could have watched Game of Thrones on my own. I waited for Lola. Until that, what was the what was the one where it was all pitch black and you couldn't even see it anyway? You guys remember? What, I forgot what episode that was. So y'all oh, the one the war, me, but I have never watched yeah. Game of Thrones. Oh, you never watched Game of Thrones? There was one, yeah, it was some kind of war with the with the walkers. Yeah, you couldn't or see. Yeah, yeah, yeah couldn't it was uh, at the, in in the castle of the north, and you couldn't yeah. see Jack Crab. Yeah, 
that went down during an NRA show, the last one I think we went to. And I was like, at whoever, I think it's the guys from, oh man, the guys that make AKs. Um, and we were all, we all like had it, we were sharing a house together. So we're all talking after the NRA show, but it was, it was the, the you know, this thing was on. And Lola is like in a corner while we're talking and I'm hearing noise. And I was like, what the hell? What is happening? Lola was looking at it on her phone without me. So, yeah. <laughs> she, she, uh, that's a violation and I'm not going to watch chick flicks with her. You know, that's my punishment right there. No Forever? That's, that's Yeah, mean. it's going to be a long time. I'm not going to forget. You can ask her. I don't forget stuff like that. that was, she was stone cold on that one, so... Now, she's got to suffer. And I'm going to wait until Lola is really, really into a show and she can't watch it. And then, and she's busy doing something. And I'm going to be over in the corner watching that thing. It's <laughs> everything, everything has to circle back around. It's like you have to, you have to hit them harder. She lost the rights to chick flicks. And I'm still waiting for the right moment. When she doesn't expect it, boom. <laughs> That's, you know. That's the only way. <laughs> Nobody cross hang. He's vengeful. <laughs> not when it comes to not if you make an agreement to watch something with me. <laughs> you know, so anyway, listen, let's we got we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up here. Let me start with Joanna. I don't know why uh, Joanna signal. You guys signals have been like messing around lately. Let's see. Maybe we'll get it back. Joanna, tell the folks out there how they can uh, support you guys, communicate with you, uh, what stuff you guys have go going on. You can find us on the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Uh, we go live. And also you can find me on Instagram. That's the only social media I really mess with. I am the Latina Locked and Loaded. Um, so go give us a follow. And we also have the Locked and Loaded Latinos on IG as well. Okay, very nice. Uh, someone is complaining to me. Let me see. Hold on. Uh, Brian Quick says, uh, holding grudges over a TV show is a kind of a girly thing to do, Hank. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's petty. I know. It's pretty petty, but, you know, that's where we're going. You know, we, we're going to hold we're gonna hold grudges on that one. I got no shame. We're, I, allowed, I, I, we're allowed to be petty. Yeah, I read your comment right there. Yeah, I could be petty in worse ways, but this is... I'm allowed a minimum amount of pettiness, I think. A little bit of pettiness. Okay, that was a pretty cold-hearted thing to do when I uh, was watching. I could have watched the Game of Thrones on my own, so mm -hmm. that's no. We 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 got to get revenge on that one. No way around it. Um, okay, Chris, uh, tell the folks out there <laughs> about South Carolina uh, Gun School. <laughs> which so we yes, talk about. Uh, scgunschool.com mm -hmm. is our website. Uh, South Carolina Gun School on YouTube. SC Gun School on Facebook. Uh, SCGS Tactical Santa on Instagram and the SCGS on Twitter is how you can find all of our stuff. What is it on Facebook again? I was trying to tag you on Facebook today and I was having a uh, SC it's SC Gun School. Oh, SC on Gun Facebook. School. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Very good. All right. So listen, um, big thanks to everyone out there. I see lots of people. Um, Given their last comments here, who's gonna do who's gonna do the words of wisdom on the way out here? 
Chris, it's all you, man. Okay, there you go. All right, so Chris, oh, it's all you. you Hold just, on. I got volunteer. Yeah, you, you got a couple of yeah, you got a couple of seconds to figure it out. So, here. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. We're not, well, not yet, not yet. We're gonna roll in the end, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna do it here. But big thanks to 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 Chris from South Carolina Gun School, as well as Joanna from uh, what is it, Locked and Loaded Latinos? Did I say? It yeah, properly? you got it. Okay. See, eventually. Eventually, I've gotten it right. I have to stop and think about it. Uh, shout out to your um, your other half and all the folks out there. Thanks so much. Make sure you guys check out Harry's Holsters. Use the code Hank Strange. I'm going to run everything in right now. And we'll be right back for the words of wisdom. All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, you know, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, we're going to rip the audio out of this and throw it up on iTunes and all your other favorite places to listen to audio podcasts. Uh, Chris Lyles, hit us with the words of wisdom, sir. Oh, me. Let's hit deep today. Um, history is the record of victors of power and purpose. Okay. All right. One to think on. One to think on. You got to chew on that and absorb it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, guys, we will see you tomorrow. I have no idea what's happening tomorrow, but it's something awesome. <laughs> we'll see you. We're out of here. Sounds oh, I good. Think, wait, I think, is it Mr. Big Kid tomorrow? I don't know. Maybe. All right, we're out of here. I'll see you guys. Peace. Peace. <laughs>